Welcome to episode 27 of the Brand Social Podcast. Today we're talking to Scott from Who Clo and Who Cult. Enjoy the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. I'm alright. It's going to be like being one. in a fucking casino, isn't it? Like we're gonna. It's going to be like <laughs> normally I finish this and I go out and I, you know. Joanna's out there waiting for dinner, waiting with my dinner and this and that. I'm going to go out, it's still going to be daylight. <laughs> <laughs> like when you go to the cinema in the middle of the day, isn't it? Oh, it's fucking weird. Yeah. It's fucking, I don't know how these people took... do work during the day. Yeah, I, I went, um, took Ellis to the cinema, like, what was it, last month or something? And it was like one of like the early screenings for the kids and it's like £2 a ticket or something. It's fucking great. Mm. Um, but yeah, so went at like 9am or something came out like an hour and a half later and it's like it's really sunny out here and it's really fucking strange. Yeah, it's weird <laughs> it's weird casino syndrome isn't it yeah yeah it's a weird one it's a weird one but um Ooh. how's your day yeah, we're... yeah yeah it's all right i say um, that like it's not midday so <laughs> yeah <laughs> how's the first yeah. four hours of your work day gone <laughs> yeah right it's uh just right in the midst of uh obviously planning on moving everything here from the unit um did a very adult thing and ordered a shed um Ooh, what's that what's that what size shed did you get it's a 10 by 8 oh this episode is sponsored by sheds <laughs> <laughs> not any particular company just you know <laughs> sheds no oh. uh, yeah no no i've been uh been excited for this one obviously uh for uh i guess transparency for the listeners we uh so we've got Scott from Whoclo on. Mm. Um this is 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Too clo, we should call it. <laughs> yeah. The um so the, the original audio file was corrupt and couldn't fix it. So we basically lost the episode. But Scott has very, very kindly agreed to to come and listen to our nonsense again. You obviously um, didn't scare him off last time. No, no, he's a he's a lovely, lovely man. And got a lot of time for him, and he thankfully he's got time really for us. Cool for yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So the the first episode will never never see the light of day, obviously. But we've got two point um, and I'm sure it'd be even better, harder, better, faster. Huclo. <laughs> <laughs> that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the band of uh, band of daft cunts. <laughs> Oh, I've 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 got a uh, I, I'll cut I might cut this bit out depending on <laughs> whether you want to ask it. Have you seen the the new randoms that I added in? No, I haven't. I've literally just printed them. Hold on. Oh right. So, no, no, let me read this one to you. So it's, it's not necessarily a question. It's more of a joke. Is do you think the sea is salty because the shore never waves back? Oh, I do actually know why the sea is salty. <laughs> That is a terrible joke. It's awful, isn't it? But I, I saw do, that and I was like, that's got to go in. I do actually know why the sea is salty. What's that? It's because when when the male whale fucks the female whale, like there's like a ton of cum that comes out, but only like a kilogram of tum actually cum actually gets into the female whale, and that's why the sea's mm. salty. Yeah. Whale cum. Your whale cum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, do you know what this uh, uh, change of pace? I haven't got a, a silly uh, thing prepped 
uh, about people liking and sharing and subscribing and commenting and that on the on the podcast this week. I just haven't normally like I give myself seven to eight minutes beforehand to prep something, even if it's just loosely in my head. I haven't done that today. Hmm. Do you know why? What was that? I just had enough of it. Okay. I can't do it anymore. Okay. <laughs> it's it's hard work. My brain. I'm making out a cope of it. I just need the listeners to like and subscribe and share, please. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So <laughs> they could just <laughs> that was hideous. I know. I know. I know. Listeners, please don't let him do that again. <laughs> that's, that's that's my sex voice as well, as well as my cry voice. Oh. It's always embarrassing with the only one that's clapping after sex. Right. So um <laughs> I'm actually going to have a look to see if we've got any more ratings. Mm. Yeah, have a look. See what the ratings are. We've got a few ratings, but no like reviews. Um, well, I mean, we've got we've got one review, and it's still from Paul. Mm. <laughs> so, listeners, um, don't leave Paul out being lonely. Yeah, join him. He's join very him lonely. In the review section. Yeah, the filthy vegan. <laughs> if if a lonely. vegan has the energy to leave a review, then you non-vegans <laughs> can definitely do it. <laughs> oh, we love you, Paul. Yeah, sort of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mate, all these these samples I'm doing, holy fuck sticks! Mm. It's like <laughs> I've, I've actually had print jobs smaller than this sample job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which because. Basically, what, what happened, listeners, I've, I'm taking on um, some work uh, for a, a, a branding agency, basically, and and um, they said, do you do samples? And I was like, I do not do samples. Like, I just don't do it. And then they gave me the list, and, like, it's actually, like, a proper... The, the sampling job is a proper job. Yeah. So, like, I sort of don't mind doing it. And they said what they've done is they've doubled up everything so that when they take the samples up to the customer, they will just pick the best one of the... Mm. Of the, of the of the bunch which actually makes a lot of sense it's it, it's quite nice dealing with people who know what they're who know what they're doing but yeah yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. well i've done i messaged you earlier i've got to reread it because i can't where is it um 78 impressions across six designs on five garments with six screen changes and four color changes so far i've still got another another batch to print this evening as well okay now mate you're mental yeah, yeah i know it's um it's actually quite a fun little job, though. Like, it's, mm. yeah, I, mean, it's th- I guess the thing is, is, at least you know it's going to turn into something. It's it might, not a. It might not. I mean, it, it 90, 98% will. It might not. But even so, like, it's actually quite because it's 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 quite, not often you get a challenging job. I know it sounds ridiculous. Like this was like a challenging. Like the the deadline's been tight. I've basically been given the artwork like five days ago, um, mm. so the deadline's been tight. Uh, there's not it's not like tight registration or anything on any of them but there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of screens like because there's lots of parts of designs and there's a sleeve print and a back print with two colors and a front print and blah 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 so it's actually quite nice to be pushed like yeah, yeah. In, in 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 a nice way and, and hopefully now all the work's done like at one point i'm not joking when i was when i was i had a bit of a screen disaster and ended up having to like re i reclaimed uh recoated and reshot uh 12 screens in two and a half hours <laughs> i was li- i was literally i was cl- i was leaving one to soak and cleaning it 
while I was coating another one and putting it in the drying cupboard. And then while that was in the drying cupboard, I was trying to shoot one so that when I was washing off the one I was reclaiming, I could mm. hit it with I could hit it with the the, the hose and and start breaking down the emulsion on the one I just shot. It was like a Brilliant. it's it's the best <laughs> I've ever worked. And I, a part yeah. of me was like, once I'd finished burning them all, I was like, oh, I'm sort of I'm sort of sad. I was completely yeah. completely in the groove. Um, but yeah, it's been it's it's, it's been a fun. It's little not job, nice actually. when you get into that, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of why I I don't like reclaim like after every job sort of thing mm. it's kind of like i leave it to like you know once a week or whatever and it's kind mm. of like you do get into a groove and it's like i i probably reclaim that big batch of screens quicker and more like efficiently than i do if i'd like just done two from a job or something do you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. Like, yeah. yeah yeah do you like my little tip that i put up on instagram the other day yeah my little yeah, tape tip it's no good yeah. for you because you're a water bitch <laughs> Well, and I, I just, just don't use that tape. Oh, yeah, there is that. <laughs> well, it works on any tape. It literally works on any tape. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, I've done it with gaffer tape, masking tape. I just realised when I was doing it, because I was taping, I was literally, I was ripping through these screens, taping them up. And I know a lot of people have those little, like, high Alex and Disprints. I know you've got one. You said, this is much easier than sent me a picture of his tape dispenser. <laughs> But I was, I was that like the split tape, split tape dispenser. No, just a normal tape dispenser for his um, for his scotch tape. And I was okay. like, he's like, yeah, I just got one of these. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. But like having it on your finger, and I can just go clink, dink, clink, dink, clink, dink. And I was like, mm. I ripped through taping up all the. I don't get many pinholes anymore, but like registration marks in particular. I did, yeah. I did think, I did think, which is sort of clever, but like obvious. I made my registration marks uh, slightly narrower than my tape. So I only had okay. one piece of tape across it because I was like having to put a piece of tape across horizontally then a small piece vertically. And I was like, yeah. why don't I just make my registration marks like five mil narrower and then it will be all right. <laughs> it's taken I mean, me 10 years to work that out. You could get bigger tape. Mate, mate, come on. Yeah, but I buy that tape cheap. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You make your money when you buy tape is a fucking rip-off. That's why I use um, blue painter's tape. Mm. I buy it when it whenever it's an offer on eBay. I buy like thirty six rolls at a time. That's no good mm. if you're a water bitch. But like for plaster salt, yeah, perfect, yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely no, perfect. Just soak it. Yeah, right. I think it'd be all right on like high solid stuff. But it's second you get into like mid or low solids, it's just like it's just going to be a wet rag by the end mm. of it. So. I um I finally got around to using that um last night on this job actually that Amex that ink that i bought for you because the the, the oh, blue fucking co- hell. <laughs> yeah fucking two years ago but the blue cut co- the, the blue color that you had like a, a six color set didn't you yeah, I've, yeah. I've been using the white because i ripped through white like no one's business mm. but the blue i'd not used before and um it's like you don't need to stir it it's yeah. so fucking we literally i just like i was oh, i've got the thing out ready to like give it what i normally do is because I, I get i get the yeah, it's a small it's really thick isn't it it's like it's not at all it's almost it's almost like printing black. It's really weird. I was what I always do is because because it's, if it's a small pot, I'll grab the I'll hold the bottom of the pot and I'll just turn it in my hand and I'll slowly like stab it around the sides. Just like match it, yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then once it's in there, then I'll start stirring it. And I was like, right, yeah. I did that, and it literally just went thunk, straight in. I was like, that's weird. And then I turned it, and it was like it was like stirring milk. <laughs> there was fucking no no <laughs> resistance whatsoever. And I was like, oh, maybe that'd be all right. And it's like it's su- such a nice ink to work with. Fair enough. So yeah, the, I, Amex, I, the Amex plaster salt stuff isn't bad ink, to be fair. No, and and we look at it compared to like 
they're white actually because I, I started off with the Amex and then I moved on to the ICC, which I love the ICC. I really yeah, do. Yeah, the ICC stuff's brilliant, but it's just a fucking ball ache to stir. Like, yeah, and it's start. expensive. Yeah, it's eight eighty one fifty plus the VAT, whereas the Amex is like half like that fifty quid or something. Yeah, I know you do get, but I, the, the the finish on that Amex, um, the flash, flash white, white. is really nice. It is really nice. Yeah. I can't complain. But then I have yeah. been printing it on Stanley Sellers, so like that's the other thing about this all. It's all Stanley yeah. Seller. Yeah, I was I was printing on some uh, what were they? Better on canvas tees mm. the other day. Fucking hell, those fucking bad. things. Fibrillation was, better than them. Yeah, big time. It was like uh, when it came out from under the flash, it looked like fucking Velcro. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. I was just like, Velcro is a rip off, isn't it? <laughs> oh shut <laughs> up! <laughs> it's the it's the kind of like the American style teas, like the collie pot and blends and stuff like that, yeah. tri blends and all that. It's like they're just fucking not nice to print. I thought it was interesting. Did you listen to um Chessie's episode with Lee Stewart the other day? Did you listen to it? No, I haven't got around to it. A really, yet. really, really good episode. Like he's, he, he, you know, as much as he probably annoys some people, and you know, he can be a bit. Obs- he's he, he does know a fair bit. But what one thing I did disagree with him on. Was Chessie was saying about how um hi Chessie by the way Chessie was saying about how the um the garment really affects like the fibrillation he was like no he said it's the opposite he said he finds the cheaper garments don't have as bad fibrillation and everything I could not agree I could not disagree with him more than that about more than anything than that like I've never once had a fibrillation issue from a Stanley Stella not once no, never but I've had ev- pretty much every other like no mid-range mid, mid to low range i've had issues with but that one that's mm. the one thing i can't agree with him on but yeah can't fault his work work ethic though he's the guy's a fucking machine he's an absolute yeah, machine i think the, the only person i think he probably works hard is um christian from slow knife hi christian yeah maybe yeah. We'll, maybe we'll get him on with his brand when we're when we're a bit bigger Mm. Why not? Why not? Have, an, for it? have an argument with him. <laughs> You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, if you look at like, um, probably like the Gildan Heavies or Gildan Hammers and stuff like that, I don't think you get as bad fibrillation from them no. as like a soft style, for instance. Mm. But it's just because like it's that, I don't know. It's when they try and make the t-shirts like super soft, don't they? Yeah, I think and, I like, think the that's the issue. Just pop up instantly. Like if you're using a heavier tee, you're never going to have as much issues with but, fibrillation, are you? I think I think that's a North American thing, though. That's probably where yeah. is where his point of view is coming from, because generally over there yeah. they seem to go for the the the, the softer feeling tees, mm. don't they? Yeah, um, yeah. Like I don't know if you've ever, you ever printed on a next level. No, no, they're like it's like printing on peach. <laughs> is the best way to describe it. <laughs> like, all, all fluffy, all like you know, oh. like all like you know, like some people get like peachy skin. It's like it's like printing on that. It's really fucking weird, really weird. Oh. The only way I found to deal with that is if someone really wants it is to run like it. you know, well, you all like run <laughs> run like a flattening screen. So, but I'll like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'll run it. I'll run it even before I lay the first print. But that's an extra process, isn't it? I, I count mm. that as, as an extra impression because it mm. is. Um, but yeah, it's an extra process, but it seems to seems to work. Yeah. I would I would love a stampinator, but I don't think I'll fit one in my studio. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a cool bit of kit, though. Such a cool bit of kit. I've been eyeing them up. Got my sleeve pallets. Oh, have you? 
Yeah, yeah. Got looked after by um Nick from SBW, High Screen mm-hmm. Print World. Yeah, they're proper. They really looked like, like I called him up in the morning. I was like, Nick, I have an issue. He was like, I oh, know your press is broken. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I have a serious <laughs> issue. issue. <laughs> yeah. What's that? And I, I said, I've taken, I said, I've done something really fucking stupid. I've taken a job on and uh, I didn't look at the job before I took it on. I just went by the, went by what the customer said. I said, it's got sleeve prints. And he was like, you're, oh, you didn't buy your press with, with sleeve patterns. I was like, no, no, I did not. And he was like, I'll call you back. And he got, they got some of the posts to me. And I had them the following morning. That's awesome. So, yeah, I can't I can't fault them service wise, absolutely mm. banging. So thank thanks for that. I appreciate that. Sort of got me out of a hole. Was I did yeah. I did go back and tell the customer I was like I've made a bit of a snafu. <laughs> 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 I said oh, so they they did have a laugh about it, but yeah, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. yeah, I haven't had a day off since I got back from holiday. Mm. I've literally worked every day and every night. I've come back. Mm. Yeah. So we got back from the print show on Monday, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And I was at Monday for well, I was at work from Monday, and then I printed all Monday night, and then I was at work all Tuesday. Tuesday evening I had something on, and then work all day Wednesday. Did we record Wednesday? Yeah, 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 yeah. Recorded Wednesday night. I went. I went to. I went to the studio after we recorded, um, and then I started this sample job. But I've got another. I've got to get this sample job out of the way by tonight because I've got another job to print for Friday. It's not a huge job, but it's like it's a full screen jobby. I need to get yeah. everything off the press. Shall we? Yes. Scott is here and waiting. Let's get him in. Hello. Can you hear us? Can you hear now? us? I can't hear. Oh fuck! <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, hang on. What is going on? I can hear you. Yes. You can hear us. us. How's it going, mate? What's going on? How are you, mate? You're all right. Yeah, all good. You okay? Yeah, we we've um we've already prepped the listener that this is the second (laughs) the second bite of the cherry. (laughs) Nightmare. It's very kind of you to come back. Hopefully we can um well we it's always easier the second time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's all good. Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> uh, it's recording in two places at once. So I've got it locally and I've got it to the cloud. So lovely we'll stuff. Have two two files back up. Happy days. Yeah. I, I even treat myself to a new microphone just in case. Yeah, I was I was going to say your audio quality is, is markedly better be- markedly better than it was last time. Oh, nice. Happy days. I don't know if it was my fault last time. It was, but I thought, oh, do you know what? Spend a couple of quid on a microphone. Yeah, why not? Why not? Fair enough. How's your week been, mate? Literally, just shoot. Um, we got some new products launching this week, so Ooh, um, exciting. We just been like shooting product images for the website downstairs. Nice. We've just been fanning about doing that all morning. That's about. Nice. What have you been up to? You you guys busy or? Oh mate, I've I've never been I've never been so busy print wise than I am at the moment. It's um, oh, nice. I've taken on a I'm basically helping another another guy who who, who is a former printer. Yeah. Um. So he he knows his shit, and he's and I've but I'm helping him with 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 a bunch of products in need to get out the door for other companies. He's basically starting a uh, a firm that rebrands people. Um. 
and he's really like he's incredibly knowledgeable like there, there aren't many areas of the, the industry that all in the world that he hasn't worked in with things like this nice. and um I was saying to Darcy, like, it, I, I, it's a sample job I'm doing for at the moment, and this sample job is bigger than most normal jobs I get through the door. Nice, that's the yeah. way. Yeah, so he's, and he's a really cool guy. He's really chill. So, yeah, I've sort of like, basically, he's, he said to me, he, he he likes how we work together, and he basically says, I want you to be my printer now. So I'm like his, like, his print bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. the print bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's been, a, been a busy time. Nice. Yeah, we, yeah. We're, we're 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 busy, but uh, yeah. since since we last spoke to you, we're we're downsizing a little bit, and we're going to kind of shift the business in a different direction. So we're moving out of the unit, bringing the print shop back home for the time being, and then once we've kind of built up the books a little bit more, I think we're going to go for more of a retail space and have a print shop in the back. Nice. Yeah. That's... Um. Then he's going to open a coffee and donut shop. the idea was like i mean we both both me and my other half of like being in uh kind of we cut our teeth in like retail and hospitality and stuff like that and we owned a coffee shop before as i think i told you last time yeah, yeah. um and it was something that we've said for a little while we wanted to do again um because the place we had before it was, it was just the the fucking traveling just nearly killed us and it wasn't in the end it wasn't really worth it financially sort of thing yeah but there's a lot of like retail units popping up around here um because there's you know unfortunately other businesses are closing and stuff but i was like if i can find a space where it's like i can operate a print shop out of and then out the front whether we do like a fucking cafe or something or have like a clothing shop and stock like all everybody else we know as brands as well as what well, alongside our own stuff yeah, that's because not... there's nothing like that around it. Absolutely nothing. I don't know. I don't know whether that makes it a terrible idea or a great idea. Um, it's, it was the same kind of boat I was in at the time. I think people, it's, it's done like a full circle now. People want that experience of popping yeah. somewhere, whereas before 100%. it was like online only. Hmm. Uh, retail is dead. I think it's done like a weird full circle now, where people are craving that um, experience and they want they want to physically. I think because because of COVID, obviously. People mm. want to go out and they want to like go into shops and speak to actual people and have that experience. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. It's nice to talk to an actual human. Well, um, most, most humans, not all humans. Some yeah. humans and are I think assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can do both, if you can be online and have retail space, it's it's win win. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, hundred percent. I'm just getting a bit bored of like the online stuff. It's just a bit. Just feels a bit soulless and like. It is. Not yeah. that it's not rewarding because you're still getting paid for it, obviously. But it's just like. I don't know. It's just like throwing stuff out into the ether, isn't it? And yeah, you um, don't see the. It's just names and numbers. You don't. You yeah. Don't see. Yeah, it's it's a totally different experience. But yeah, if you can do both, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, why not? Why not? We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's uh, you know, just pop a little coffee machine in in the shop. Yeah. Like you got nothing to lose. That's kind of like how who cult started really it was like let's just put a we've got the space we don't have to pay any more rent let's just pop a coffee mm. machine in there yeah at least we can have coffees you know it's no yeah. we're worst worst case scenario you'll be you'll be you're banging like you, you got it yeah. sorted haven't you you're flying mm. all day but yeah, yeah the, the, the other place that i work at during the day um <clears throat> we've got like i'm a bit of a coffee nerd like i don't yeah. i don't once i start once i get into something i don't just get into it a little bit i'm like fully like immerse myself in it and I've got when people come in and they say, oh, "Do you want a coffee?" I have to gauge like 
what sort of coffee person they are. And I'm like, right, I've got like, I've got my espresso machine. I said, I've got, you can have a Nespresso pod if you're really desperate for a quick coffee and to get in and out. I said, I've got my uh, drip coffee. I've got my pour over and I've got the my AeroPress as well sitting there. And I've got like a little desk specifically <laughs> set up just for making coffee. And I've got my grinder there and all my different types of beans. So I'm like, uh, do you like, are you more of a dark roast or a light roast person? I'm such a <laughs> fucking nerd with it. Gotta be. Yeah. That's... But it's, it, it sounds mad. But when people, because I, I sell things there, when I do that and they see how like into into the thing I am, yeah, I feel like they trust me more because I'm like, if I'm going to that level of detail over a drink, yeah. like <laughs> it's the same either that way. You know, when you start screen printing, like you look at t-shirts in like pre-mark or whatever, you don't even look twice. Mm. You start screen printing. Every mm. shop you go into, you're like picking up every single t-shirt, studying the prints, like yeah, yeah. It's yeah. correctly and like yeah, it's the same kind of yeah, yeah. You end up becoming a print snob, don't you? Yeah, once you realize it's like mm. I'm the same. I like we've got a coffee machine in the house, which makes a good coffee. So like when we go out for coffee, it's like we need it to be better. Yeah, yeah. We can have in the house now. So it's like and like locally that's quite difficult. But hmm. yeah, we did that when we had the coffee shop, like there was there was quite a quite a few other like cafes and coffee shops around us. And like every now and again we'd be like, Oh, let's nip out and grab lunch. At one of the other places, <laughs> see, how it, see how it compares. How's their food compared to us? And how's their coffee? Thankfully, I, I mean, our food was probably on par with everybody else. But you know, we're not we're not chefs. It was kind yeah. of just like you know your basic kind of cafe stuff. But then the coffee, it was like, yeah, ours is better. Yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna do something, do it as good as you can. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Man. What's happened to food though? Food's gone weird now, and everything has to be super fancy all the time. Donuts, mm. mate. Donuts is the new. Is the yeah. New, uh, I do, I do like a donut. Plain, like a glazed donut, I think is probably yeah, the taste, we, the tastiest dessert you can ever have. It's just a plain glazed donut. We do all sorts of donut, like yeah, it's a different, different game donut. It's a, it's a weird them. Um, it's a weird thing I stumble into, but like Valentine's has just been and gone. Mm. Only we got three shops. One, only one shop was open on Valentine's Day. But we shifted like three and a half thousand donuts. Fucking hell! Jesus! <laughs> oh my god! Fucking hell! Yeah, one shop, three and a half thousand. It was like a record day for us. But, That's um, mad. Yeah. Did Did you do like a, a a box selection of donuts where there's like one pink donut and one brown donut? If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we went all out this year. We did like Valentine's flavors, and then we even got um. Got like five thousand Valentine's donut boxes made, especially oh for the day. But it, it it pays off, you know. Like you put in those extra details mm. in anything, mm. you know, be it it's branding. It, you know, you do it, you do yeah. it as good as you can. It's it's gonna pay off eventually. Mm. Well, I think you can compare that to t-shirts, can't you? And it's kind of like when you when you see brands that kind of just slap a design on a t-shirt and then that's it. But it's like when you go into like the finishing touches of like, you know, doing neck tags oh, and yeah. sewing like hem tags and stuff like that, it does add that kind of like, because I mean, we know they're using like the, the same or similar blanks to us. We know how much like they cost and kind of like the amount of work that goes into mm. them and stuff. But when you start seeing those additional little touches, it's just, you know, it's nice. And the packaging it's like, yeah. We've got like custom boxes now. Yeah. It's, oh, nice. such, it's such a difference. Like the customer is so stoked when it when it comes to the door. We put mm. like a who sticker in uh, with the t-shirt. We put like a little sweet in with the box. And the amount of customers that leave us a review and say, 
they're more stoked on the packaging than the bloody t-shirt. <laughs> Goes it's, to show. Like, it's weird how we've we've gone like that, isn't it? It's the well, it's yeah. the it's the iPhoneification of um mm. of products, isn't it? Oh, 100%. And it's the same mm. with the donuts. If we didn't have our own custom boxes, it wouldn't the experience for the customer wouldn't be as good. Like people love yeah. to take a photo of the of the branding of the box. Yeah. Mm. Everything's got to be Instagram worthy now, isn't it? Oh, 100%. And like that's what I found with for doing Hooklo for like 12 years. I kind of like gained all that experience. So when I started Who Cult, it was like like I knew the steps I had to take. So what would yeah. it would have took me like five years to learn? I'd already learned it. So like well, there was a different straight point, into yeah, it. Literally, I knew like the shop was built for Instagram. Like mm. as soon as we when we started out, we quite quickly like went over to like um custom packaging. And I like without having an experience behind it, I was like, oh, well, we only really sell T-shirts, so we only need one size. Yeah. And basically got like, I think we got two and a half thousand like custom print of mailers made up, but in one size. But when we got a hoodie order, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck do I do here? And it was like, so I ended up having to get like two and a half thousand more made up and stuff. Yeah, and it's it, not. Um... We, we got through them fairly quickly, but it was, yeah, we moved over to kind of like the recycled printed stuff now and everything which is still really nice but it's, i'd love to have boxes but where do you store them so they come flat packed don't they so they come just flat mm. so we just we just obviously we've got a warehouse so we just store them on the floor like in massive st- you yeah, can all- right. i'll have to send you the place i use but the- yeah, so yeah, okay. i managed to find someone locally who did the boxes okay um can do like runs of i think like minimum is like a thousand boxes but he's okay they're super good and it they're reasonably priced and he's quick. Like I could text him today and be like, I need 5,000 boxes. He's there like two days later, he's delivering them Fucking outside. Hell. So I think half the battle is finding a bloody good supplier. Yeah. yeah. It's and the I, same for anything, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what, that's what happened with who Clow. over the years. I like built up my contact list. So like, mm. you know, from, from boxes, to you know, anything. So when I started who cult, I was in such a good position. To like basically smash who cult, yeah. With, with I, I, I wonder how many businesses and brands have gone under because they done things like getting boxes done and they've been let down. I bet it's fucking huge. Like mm-hmm. the amount the amount of people that are like oh, hemorrhage money because it's not cheap, is it? Like, and a lot of them will money on that. They'll be like, Oh, you need to order ten thousand boxes. But so mm-hmm. then the neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of bullshit. Once you find a good contact, obviously you you sort of then. Mm, that's, yeah. that's the hardest part and that just takes takes years doesn't it yeah no it's the same it's the same with finding the right garments to print on like yeah. you, you've mm. got to you've got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prints haven't you before you before you find your prints <laughs> <laughs> that's awful i'm pleased with that <laughs> <laughs> i'm so pleased with that off the cuff as well that's a off t-shirt that's, that's a podcast t-shirt limited edition you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> right, write it down, write it down, write it down, Darcy, quick, write it down before he nicks it. Trademark it, trademark it, quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write Fuck it down. I know, I know it's been recorded, but I'm going to write it down. Because <laughs> I will forget so, otherwise. So I think most people obviously are going to know, not necessarily who you are personally, but kind of know the brand. Do you want to give us just a little intro into, into you and the brand? And then we can... Yeah, so my forward. name's Top McGill. And I own two brands, one called Who Clo, 
which is a streetwear company, and then one called Who Cult, which is a coffee and donut shop. So Who Clo has been going since 2010, um, mainly online. And then Who Cult is, um, so we've got three shops for Who Cult. Selling coffee and donuts, and then we sell the Who Clo merch in the stores as well. And then we've got our own bakery, which we make the donuts as well. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a mad business that you have there, isn't it? Like, it's just... It is a weird one. It's just, is it just all sort of snowballed for you? Was it just like, because you had a relatively, based on our previous, what I can remember of our previous thing, it's sort of a relatively slow build, but then like recently it's just gone and like yeah, so, exploded. So Hooklo has been going since 2010 and that's just been like a, that's been the bread and butter. So I've been doing it. Started off, um, used to share warehouse with Merch Asylum. You know, the screen print in place. Nice, yeah. They're cool guys. So, like, we kind of started at the same time. So, um, I ended up sharing a warehouse with them. So, I had a little office upstairs. They used to print all my stuff downstairs. Mm. So, which was cool. So, like, I wasn't interested in screen printing at the time. I, like, didn't know anything about it. Jay and Dan at Merch Asylum used to print everything for me. So, like, and at the time, we'd got into um, two seasons. So they had like 12 stores across the UK. So they would put in an order in like every three months, like a, be like a 10 grand order. So I would just literally just email Merch Asylum the exact order. They would print it downstairs, box it up, and they would just ship to two seasons. So it was like, I was thinking like, wow, this is, this is too easy. And obviously... <laughs> We were online as well, but it got to the point where like I outgrew the, the space I was renting off Merch Asylum, needed to get my own place. We had like a upstairs of this place. So I was like, right, let's, let's get our own print press and let's try and learn, let's cut the middleman out, mm. try and save some money, save some pennies. Yeah, we, I think I took out like a, te- I, I think I tried to get a loan from like my bank and they were just like, nah. So like, yeah, I was like, shit. This will never work. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Can you imagine that bank manager now? I think, Fuck me. Yeah, I think I remember being in, like, I had to go to the bank and speak to this bank manager. And I think she was like, just like patronizing me. Like, you know, they want figures and all that bullshit. Yeah. And then like, I think she was like, oh, we want to see a business plan. We want to see this. And I was like, oh, do you know what? Forget about it. I think I just walked out and I was like, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll sort it myself. <laughs> and I went I went back. I think I ended up getting like a Tesco loan. Literally took like three minutes. It was like 10 grand in my account. Went to Dave Roper, who's now Screen Print World. Mm. He was selling like a package, like a silver package for 10 grand, press, dryer, all the bits and bobs. I didn't even know what they were, to be honest. It got delivered and, and we kind of just like learned slowly but surely. Mm. Made the mistake of like, of thinking like, oh, this this print for other people. Like we've got this equipment now, mm. we can offer our suit. We can make more money. Let's let's print for local bands or brands or whatever. So set up a company called Bridgen Print Studio. I kind of like fell down the hole of like. I kind of lost the love for who clothing, and like started focusing on like printing for other people. I think it happens a lot. I, I think, think it it's because I was so into it and I was like so into learning. Mm. 
and it was such an, an achievement, you know, like a customer would come in, can I have 50 t-shirts? We would do it, ship it out and be like, yes. Satisfying, isn't it? Yeah. Not realizing, you know, we should have been focusing on the 20 pound t-shirts, not the four pound t-shirts for the customer. Mm. Yeah. But I think it, I think it was meant to be like, it was a good, it was a good point, to like learn, learn a trade. And like, I was like, so into screen printing, like it consumed me for like five years. So I was still doing Hooklo, but like, I kind of like more focused on printing for other people for some reason. Hooklo was still doing well, but I kind of just like fell out of love. I was just doing the same thing for so long as it was kind of like, like printing for other people. It was like, it was a new, it was exciting. It was like different. I think it's a process you have to go through though, because you the, the difficulty is when you're starting a brand as well. Like if you're printing for yourself, you don't want to go and buy a shitload of stock and learn to print on that yeah. and then ruin it all. Whereas yeah. if it's someone else's stock, yeah, you might ruin a few. Like it's not ideal, but at the end of the day, you are getting some money back in for it. So it's 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 a great it's a great way to build skills. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna build a brand, but it, uh, the the focus is the most important thing, and it's, I'm sure it's happened to untold many people who started off like learning to screen print purely for for doing their brand, and then it just either the brand never kickstarts back up again because the second someone finds out you can print something on something else, like yeah. <laughs> you're inundated, and you know that's not to say that it's not a bad thing that that, that happens, but if if you if you're going into a branding, you need to like, either set aside. A specific time and some time a week to do it or like be really focused on it and it's it's, it's difficult to do when someone's waving 20 pound notes in your face isn't it yeah i think mm. I, I did it like the wrong way around i think a lot of people will start screen printing they'll print for other people then they'll think like oh i want to start my own brand whereas mm. i had done my own brand for five years someone else would print in it then discovered screen printing and and i kind of thought like oh I want to start printing for other people. So it was like a bit backwards, but it worked out in the end. It was so like a few years ago, then I decided like I need to focus on who clothes. That's like, that's my bread and butter. Like I'm wasting my time. And you know, what customers are like when you print for other people, it's just like customer wants 25 t-shirts. It's like email back and forth. It's, it's, yeah. it's a ball ache for like a hundred quid. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like stopped printing for other people and like refocused on who clothes. Um, and then COVID happened. I started Who Cult. Like, yeah, I, you don't re- you don't really sit still, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, did you start Who Cult then? When, like, literally as COVID was happening? No, I started Who Cult in in 2019, so it was like new. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how. Maybe like a year later, COVID happened. But like who cult was attached to who clo so it was in the same warehouse so we used to print out the back and then out the front was like a size of a, a container we had a we had our coffee machine so like who cult was never it was always supposed to just be like we could have coffees while we worked mm. it didn't have to make money really because mm. it was it was no more rent it was in the same building um one of my mates uh i paid him to be the barista there so they, they you know in the early days it would be days where who cult was open and it would take 30 pounds mm-hmm. because it wasn't like wasn't it was just like there was nothing to lose it wasn't like yeah. oh I, i've thrown in 20 grand to this business it's got to work mm-hmm. it was literally like 500 pounds 
It was in my old office. It just slowly but surely became its own brand. It was never, never supposed to be. I didn't think they would ever be like individual brands. I feel like Hookelt would be but like the diehard fans of Hooklo. It was like a space for them to come down, have a look through the T-shirts, try them on, have a coffee, kind of like, because that didn't exist locally. And then like, I think now 90% of people who go to Hookelt will not know about Hooklo. Really? It's gone, it's gone the other way? Yeah, totally, totally, which is fine. So like a lot of people will be like, Hookelt, that's a, that's a weird name. Because obviously if you, don't, if you don't know about Hooklo, Mm, yeah. not gonna make a lot of sense does it do you ever have people that don't realize are even connected and they're like they find they're, they they're mad into who cult and then they see who clo and they're like well you're you're copying like <laughs> have you ever had any of that <laughs> oh yeah no. like so the who cults flagship store in virgend is next door to who clo warehouse right okay so who clo is not open to the public so like people won't know we're next door right okay printing the t-shirts but um, yeah, it's who cult is like, like I said to you before, it's, it's I employed 22 staff and 20 of them are for who cult. That's so like, crazy. Isn't it? The, the difference is the difference is crazy. It takes a lot more people to to make who cult work than it does who clo. Yeah. With with your flagship store, then is that? I don't know if it's the right question, but is, is that the busiest of the, the three then? Is it yeah, the second yeah. part of this question? So it's, it's the busiest. So are you based on like an industrial unit then? Yeah, yeah. How, how do you kind of entice people down to that then? Because it's like, I don't know. Like, the, So the other shop I work at, it's, it's very much on an industrial estate and stuff. And it's like, there's no like passing trade or anything like that. It's just, you know, it is very yeah, much that's, what I think it that's is, what... you know. That's what spins people out the most about who cult because where we mm. are, because it was never planned to be here. It was just like, oh, yeah. I don't need my office to be this big. Let's chop my office in half and put a coffee machine in there. It was never like planned. It wasn't like a business plan. Mm. But again, going back to branding, that's the power of branding. Like, hundred percent. We're on an industrial estate in Virgin, which is like a you know a tiny Welsh town. Nobody. Nobody on the estate comes to us. You know, like on this estate, we've got Greg's. There's a Starbucks, a Stone's Throw Away. There's, you know, there's lots of bits and bobs. So like we don't get passing trade. We don't get the, the workers who they're not going to spend £12 on four donuts. They're not going to spend £3 on a flat white. They're going to go to Greg's, right? Which, you know, which is, which is mm. fine. So like, yeah, going back to branding, like we don't spend a penny on advertising for Who Cult. It's crazy. Which, yeah, it is crazy. Considering where we are, you would think mm. we'd have to. But it's the power of organic Instagram because of mm. those, because we do custom boxes, because the shop is so Instagrammable. People do it for us. Like it's. Yeah. Well, you've, so you've it's, become it's, a, a destination, haven't you? You're not a, yeah, it's we not have, just a shop. You are a, a destination and like people want to be seen there. Yeah. yeah. Like, we have people coming from like Bristol, Essex. Like it's, it's crazy. Wow. Like, Fucking hell. We've had people travel like four hours just to come to the to the flagship store. It's mental. It is like That's yeah, mad. It's mad. It's awesome to see because like Instagram algorithm is like is fucked. We all know. Mm. But like when whenever people are putting this stuff on their own stories and you don't have to pay for advertising, that's yeah. when it works. Mm. 
That's like a with dream, isn't it? <laughs> with Hooklo, like we we have to spend money on advertising. Yeah. To get new customers through Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Like, like it doesn't matter how many followers you have on Instagram, you have to run ads. Yeah. For to get traffic to your website. And then with Hookult, because it's uh the physical store. Hmm. You don't have to. It's, it's you should have to. I, I don't know. It's it's a weird and then I that... mean your 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 Who Cult Instagram is I've never been on Instagram with more stories than yours. Yeah, it's so that's yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing, but it works. And I I tell the staff like you story all day. Hmm. Because even if it someone doesn't see it today, they'll see it. They'll see it today, but they might not come down today. They might come down tomorrow or on the weekend. Mm. Mm. But it's like, it's proven to work. Like, so if we don't story on who cult, say we just do like one story, it's dead. Yeah. You start storying, like it's common sense, obviously. Like we do stories all day consistently. It's busy. And mm. like, I've had some staff say like, oh, why do we story so much? It's, it's too much. So I'm like, okay, don't do any stories today. And tell me how much you you took. You know, like the difference is like is fact. That's mad. It's different for like clothing company, obviously, but but like for food, mm-hmm. especially like the way we've built it is like Instagram is is like ninety percent down to the success of Who Cult. It's like purely Instagram. It was like it's built for Instagram. The the yeah. the, the thing about with food and that as well is people won't just come once if it's good. Like you, oh. you can you can go to a shop once and buy a t-shirt and a hoodie or whatever and you might go back there like six months later to buy another one. But if you if you got somewhere, even if it's relatively local to you, that does an amazing donut and amazing coffee and it's a cool place, you're gonna go there every fucking weekend. Like you're gonna like we have we have customers who come every single day. Like every day. Every single day. They may not have a donut, but the, the coffee <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> but the coffee's good. So like the, the way I try to do things is like, if you're going to do, if we're going to do coffee, I'm going to make it the best in the area. Mm. We're going to do donuts. I'm going to open a bakery and I'm going to make the donuts the best in, in Wales. Do you know, like the more effort you put in, mm. you're going to see rewards. If you just half ass, it's not, it's not going to work. Yeah. Don't, what, what, what's that saying? Don't half at half ass anything, whole ass everything. Whole ass. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's it's I've got it to the point now where I don't have to be here. Like who comes to perfect. Who they just it took, run. It's took me 10 years to get to this point. Yeah, but most like, people won't want to put that work in. That's that's the problem. Oh that, I that is the issue. The sacrifices I've made and like yeah, you've you've got to put your absolute everything into it. Like it's gotta consume you every single day and it and it did. So like yeah, even if like I'm in bed editing the Shopify store, I'm doing you know like I, I don't see it as work because I've done it for so long, and mm. I, I I enjoy it. I like I look forward to going to work. I could easily stay home and just chill, but I just, I just love it. Like it doesn't feel like work to me. So I that's your, that's, that's your the ideal, the, isn't it? Yeah, and like I know I can have I can have two weeks off and nothing changes you know like yeah and that's that's down to a good team as well obviously of course yeah, yeah but that, that's not that's no mean feat building a, no. a team like that i mean that is mm. so that that part of it's all new to me so mm. like 
I don't enjoy being like a boss. It's not something that interests me. I don't want to be like, I never started Hoopla or Hoopal to be like, I want to be a CEO, you know, like I want to be, <laughs> doesn't bother me. So like Mr. Businessman. Yeah. It's <laughs> not interested in that. I'm interested in it, but I don't want to be. Yeah. I, you know, like some people, when they become a boss, it's like all about ego and like telling people mm-hmm. off and all that. But I found like you, you let people do what they're good at and, and they'll, um, I think, I think we've out. probably all had it like when we've worked like elsewhere like I mean with, with with bosses in particular but with like managers also I think yeah when when a lot of businesses get to a certain stage like it's almost like a bit of an ego trip isn't it and it's kind yeah. of like I think one of the hardest parts in probably running a business is putting other people in management positions and making sure that they're kind of capable of kind of doing the job that they were doing exactly the same but having a title of like, oh, you're our, I don't know, our store manager or whatever, because I think a lot it does go to a lot of people's heads. Oh, like, I've seen that when I was in like the the hospitality and the pub trade industry. Like, like second somebody gets promoted to like manager or assistant manager or whatever, they just start bossing people about, and it's like it's the wrong fucking way to do stuff. It's like I want you to treat me exactly the same as it was. The only difference is, yeah. is I'm opening up and locking up and counting counting the till at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, it's some like, people want they want a title. Like yeah. the title means like it's it's an ego thing, but um yeah, yeah. I think especially with who cult, I've been super lucky to be able to grow, you know, grow the team to twenty people. Mm. There's a manager in each shop, got a bakery manager who takes care of it all. Like they're good people and they're yeah. invested in the company, which is hard to find. Like finding people who give a fuck about your own brand, yeah, is hard. So when you do find those people, it's like you look after them. Yeah, you've got to take care of people, yeah. haven't you? It's, you know we're, we've all had bosses that kind of treat you like shit and it's kind of just like it makes you not want to go to work in the morning it's like yeah. what i do we're working for myself and it sounds like with what you do as well it's kind of like you don't have that like monday dread of yeah like that's when what you're i going want to work yeah i want everybody who works for me to to look forward to coming to work i know it's, it's yeah. work and they would rather not be here like but i don't want you to like have anxiety about going to work mm. i want it to be like yeah and that's why like even Huclo, even the warehouse in Huclo, we're not open to the public, but the, the play, I don't know if you've seen it online, but the the warehouse is nice. Do you know, like I've in, invested into making look making it look good. Because if you're going to spend yeah. 80% of your life working, like it makes no difference to me, but I want you to feel like this is home. Do you know, like it's a nice, it's a nice environment to work in. Yeah. Be it just put, you know, painting the walls, putting, you know, nice branding on the walls, making it a nice place, having a fridge. Well, blah, blah, blah. people actually... If if they work and live somewhere, if they work in particular, but the nicer the places that you work in, the more inclined you are to look after it. There's exactly. like a, a, a weird correlation, which is why when yeah, areas if it's a in shit tip, you're going to treat it like a shit tip. Exactly, like, but even yeah. it even comes down to like communal areas and like like the councils have and stuff. The shitter the area is, the shitter it becomes. And there've yeah. been like mm. untold studies on it where like the nicer you make something like the the nicer it stays for a longer time like en- entropy yeah. doesn't kick in yeah. quite as quickly it's wi- so weird how people are like that but yeah when when when, some, when something's nice like if you if you walk into somewhere and you're working there and it's a shithole like <clears throat> where's the impetus to even work hard you know what i mean it's true i i i i, I manage a cut well I, I i i'd hate saying it but my other job i am a manager and um 
I, I make <laughs> I make I make a point of not like mentioning when people ask me like what well, I do what I do when I'm not printing. I make a point of not saying exactly what it is I do. Um, and I've always been. I wouldn't the say I'm a... Pab, Pab's a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at it. I, I wouldn't say I'm hands off, but like if there's ways I want things done, for example, I'll be like, right, this is the job that's being done today. This is how I would do it. If you yeah. want to do it another way, that's totally fine. Um, if your way doesn't work out, then try my way. If my way doesn't work, way doesn't work out, try yours. Whichever order you want to do it, as long as it gets done, mm. I'm not really fussed. But then yeah. after we've done it, if it's a job we're going to do again, let's make a note of which way worked. And then we yeah. don't have to have this conversation again. And that's like 95% of my job is just doing yeah. that. Just learning how to, how to speak to people, isn't it? With yeah. Respect. There's a fine line. Like I think some people will take the piss if, you, if you're too soft. Yeah, always. Yeah. Always. Like, I'm probably way too soft. But, like, that's just who I am. I'm not going to become an arsehole just because I employ 20-odd people, you know? Mm. Yeah, and there, there's this weird thing where, like, Dragon's Den, I think, has led to a lot of this, where people assume that people in business are horrible to other people in business or to their mm. employees and blah, blah, blah. And that isn't how business you gets don't done. You have to be a twat. To no, that is not, that's yeah. not how things get done. Like, people generally are nice to other people because if you're an arsehole to someone, people don't want to do you or work with you. Like, yeah. It's, it's not, such a weird thing. You're not going to build a team if the boss or the manager's an arsehole. It's exactly. Common sense. Mm. Exactly. But it should be common yeah. sense. It's like, not necessarily yeah. common sense. I, I feel like a dick. If I go in, if I go next door for a coffee and there's there's a queue of people out the door, mm. I feel like an absolute arsehole. If I, like my wife will say like, just go to the counter and ask for a coffee. And I like, I, I'll queue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> if, if there's a, if there's a queue, I'll join the queue for a coffee. Like, I feel like such a prick to be going up to the front being like, you know, I want a coffee. Like, those people are there paying, you know, they're buying off us. Yeah. I'm not going to be cutting the queue. No, I, to I, to I totally get that, and I totally see why you're doing it, but that is fucking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I, <t> <laughs> like, I get you know, it. I really get it. 99% um, of the people there don't know that I own it either. So yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the issue, and it? it's a bit awkward. They start kicking up, but then you've got to go, well, I do, I do, I do own the place. And then, like, you, you come across even more of an arsehole. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, don't you, know, don't you know who I am, sort of thing, without even saying, like, don't you know who I am? Yes, yeah, that's not... You need a you need a special like doorbell or like a bat signal or something for when you want a drink. You can just send it up and then they go, <laughs> and then they just like tuck it in with or like a little yeah like a little a little light you Annoy. can put on. Yeah, that's what you need. Even more of an arsehole then though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could have a little like lift installed in your in your office. <laughs> oh, oh when a. Uh, so we do still do like the drop and go at the post office and i always feel really fucking bad like when oh, covid was the... happening yeah, yeah when covid was happening and everybody was having to queue and there was only two people allowed in at the same oh, time okay. and it's it you'd literally fair. have a queue of 40 people up the road and i'd just walk straight past them all yeah, just like, so many times people would say like uh excuse me excuse what me? are you doing yeah i've had that so many times like, Oh, I've, I've had a few where it's like people have like seen me come in and they're purposely just like stood blocking the door yeah. to like not let me in and it's just like can can I just like squeeze by please and it's just like why because I'm just going to drop this stuff off it's like <laughs> but we're queuing join the queue it's like no I've been told I'm actually allowed to <laughs> the queue, but I just feel like such a dick I was just yeah, like oh pounds of the world 
Yeah, luckily at the time it was my other half who was doing like all the orders and customer interactions and stuff, and I could just do the fun shit and printing and, and designing, so I didn't have to deal with it often. And she just doesn't really give a fuck. She was just like, <laughs> I don't care, like you know. But yeah, me, my anxiety is kicking. I'd sit in the car for fifteen minutes until the until the queue dwindled down a little bit. But <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You used to be a bit more bold, mate. Yeah, I know, I know. A bit more bold. Uh, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> Do you want to um give uh, the listener? I appreciate we've already tried this once. We'll try it again. Do you want to give the listener a quick rundown of where your brand name came from? Because I think that's actually quite interesting, and it leads a lot into sort of who you are as a as a brand as well. Yeah. So I think it was two thousand eight. So like growing up, I was in like heavily into skateboarding. So me and my mates would go out skateboarding like every day. Um. I wasn't that good at skateboarding, so I like I became the camera guy. So I just started filming everyone. Um, which led into so I went to college and and studied like film and editing. And then I made a DVD called Who. So it was like um a Welsh skateboard video. It was like eight people in the in the in the film. Each person had like three minutes um of skating. So like you would go out filming, then edit their their part. Ended up with like an hour long f- uh, film, and like they were really good. Um, and we called it Who because nobody knew. Like obviously being from Wales, Wales always gets left you know behind. Like nobody nobody knew who they were. But like the level of skateboarding at the time was like really really high. So the DVD was called Who. That came out, and then um, Lee Dayton from Dirty Sanchez ended up funding getting the DVD made. Because at the time, I was like, I think I was working as a cleaner in a primary school. So, like, I would go to college, go to this school, and, like, mop the floors and hoover. So I didn't have the funds to actually... So, like, we had this amazing DVD, but we didn't have the funds to actually, you know, make, make the actual physical copies. So data then at the time is like I'll pay for a thousand DVDs to be made. So like, wow, that's that's nice of you. And yeah. and even even ended up like getting them into like I think it was like 60 skate shops across the UK. Obviously he had connections. Mm. So the DVD ended up like doing well. It was like sold through like 60 skate shops throughout the UK. I'd kind of got like bored of filming. Like I Spent like three years making this film, not for money, just for like fun. Made a t-shirt with who on the bottom of the t-shirt and like that slowly but surely became who clo. And then, yeah, it was like, it was never planned to be a clothing company. It was a, it was a skate DVD that turned into a t-shirt brand basically. And I think, I think that's the best way sometimes. Like when you, sometimes when you purposely go out to try and make something, it can feel a bit inauthentic even mm, no matter yeah. how hard you try. Whereas what you're doing, you're just making a cool thing for another cool thing. And when you're doing mm. that, the secondary cool thing, some of the cool osmosis into that second, I know what I'm trying to say, saying it really badly. Some of the some <laughs> of the cool from the first thing, osmosis is into the cool from the second thing. That makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it's, like, it's, like, it's just a really authentic way of, of starting like- a brand. Everything I've done is be, has been like a happy accident. I, I think that's the most authentic way. It's just like, there's no plan. 
let's just see see what happens. If it doesn't, it's work, amazing how lucky you can get when you work really hard, though, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I started selling the t-shirts from like my car booth, like down the skate park, and like locally it got quite known. And then, um, so I was like living with my parents at the time, living with my dad. So like boxes of t-shirts in my, in my bedroom. And my dad was like, you need to get a real job. You know, you can't, you can't be, you, this isn't going to work. You can't do this. It's not going to get you far. Was he friends with your bank manager? <laughs> yeah, he was actually. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think. I just kind of like just just went. It, everything just fell into place. Same, same with who cult. It was like it just all it just all fell into place. And just I think I I wanted it to work so much. Like kind of manifested it. Hmm. So like I just believed in it. I put in the work, and it it just grew and grew year by year. Yeah, and then I the bedroom got filled with boxes of t-shirts. I then moved in with Merch Asylum, and kind of like was able to organically. Like wasn't spending any money on ads back then. This was 2010. You didn't need to back then, no. did you? It's all organic. So like, we joined Facebook. It was all organic. It was great. We got into two seasons. Like that was a godsend. Two seasons picked us up. Was getting like ten grand orders coming in. Like holy shit, this is mad. Um, what else did we get into? Like, do you know that shop pulp? It was like an alternative. Oh, they were in like the malls. They were called Pulp. They'd just been like sports director just brought them. Hmm. So like I did a random email off of Pulp saying like, will you come to our office and bring some samples? We wanna we wanna stock you. We've got like 20 shops. And their office was in Sports Direct HQ. Like a crazy because they just been sports director just plowed like millions into this company. So we went to the meeting and like took some t-shirts with us. They were like, oh yeah, we want to stock you. We'll put in a small order just to trial it. Drove back to, to Wales. Like the next day, the order came through. It was like 16 grand. <laughs> just a small one. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was expecting like, you know, oh, I'll be a grand or two. They're mm. just testing the waters. They just went, they Sports director just giving them millions of pounds. So I don't think they, they didn't care. They were yeah, it was like, a drop in the ocean for it, isn't it? As well. yeah. like... So I was like, holy shit, like this is, I think what, and once you like in that industry, once you get into like one shop, the other shops, they want like, you. Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. Like it happened recently, like, and then like retail fell apart. So like two seasons kind of died off. I think Pulp ended up going bust. I think we might, we just about managed to get away lightly with them um and like recently i think it was last year i had an email of hmv so they were like oh we want to we, we're, we're doing up all the hmvs we're changing them into like pop culture stores hmm. this is random will you come to our london office for a meeting like, yeah cool like drove to london had a meeting with them they just they'd been bought out by someone in in canada some billionaire so like they had all this all this money to be putting into HMVs. They're still doing it now. But the issue was they wouldn't buy the stock. Oh, so really? Like with two seasons and pulp, they they bought it. They, bought well, they it. want sale and return. So HMV, sale or return. So like mm. we'll put it in the shop, we'll give you your own section. 
bearing in mind now they've got they were opening shops like every week mm. but then they would just email me being like we need 200 t-shirts for our new plymouth store send it to this address and i wouldn't see a penny until a t-shirt sold yeah. so we, we were like printing and sending hundreds and hundreds of t-shirts and not seeing a penny for months mm. and like so I, so we, we went for it because it was like an opportunity like oh let's let's see how it goes but it just didn't it didn't pay off and i think it was just before christmas i had to pull out and just say look you, you're not we're not selling enough to like warrant us send like we're sending you 200 t-shirts for one shop Mm-hmm. And you're selling 20 t-shirts or like 10 t-shirts a week. It's not, it's, you know, as you know, cash flow. Yeah. I don't they know. Didn't they, they, didn't give a, they didn't give a shit because they're a big, they're a big company. They, they got all the money they, sitting there. There was no risk. They, they had the money to buy it, but they wouldn't. There yeah. was no risk involved for them. They sold a t-shirt for 20 quid. I got seven pounds. They got the rest. You know, there's no, there's mm-hmm. no risk for them. And they're such a big company. That it just felt wrong and it, it just wasn't working for us. I don't know if they thought we were like bigger than than we are. But yeah, we, I mean, I think, I think a lot of these a lot of these firms they just take advantage, don't they? As well, they like, just, can you, if they kept asking you and asking you and asking you, and you kept you kept sending them stuff and sending them stuff, and then like it basically wiped you, it financially wiped you out, and you went under. They still got all that stock they can sell. Yeah, which would have happened they're, eventually. Yeah, then they're, they're not missing out at all, are they? Like I, mm. I had to hire someone just to take care of the admin for HMV. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Yeah, like the way you send stuff to these places and like the, the sales are all on spreadsheets and it's like weekly sales and then you've got to invoice them and work out how many they've sold. It was an absolute ball lake. Also, like you're, you're doing sale in return. Someone goes in there and like ruins a T-shirt, rips it apart whatever, while they're in the shop or whatever. Mm. Yeah. That's stock dead. Someone they might take returns on things like someone's bought it and brought it back that you wouldn't even consider like worthy of a return for some reason. But you 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 completely lose control of the supply chain there, don't you? Yeah, I think I think if they purchased the stock, there wouldn't have been an issue, and I I would have mm. pushed it more as well. But it, it just felt like so one sided, like they were the only ones yeah. winning. It was like mm. so we we've done a little bit of wholesale and. Uh... A little bit of selling return as well where obviously they're just taking a cut of it but um I've, I've started reaching out to a few more places recently just to try and get downcast out there again yeah. like in a physical kind of um form anyway reached out to this one that, uh, that a friend put me on and uh they got back to me pretty quickly and they were like oh we love your stuff think there's a bit of a niche for it and all this blah blah, blah and everything and they were like um they were like oh so the way we work is we'd take uh take a cut which was 20 percent I was like that's more than reasonable um and then they were like but we also ask anybody that we stock makes rent contributions to the uh, to the building you're taking the like, mick that's got to like, be a wind what? up it's like 200 quid a month plus 20 percent off anything that we sell in your store <clears throat> it's like it's uh, no it's like one or the other mate like you know great for like, them that's, right, yeah. that's not just me is it that's weird oh, no. that is Valid. that yeah. is weird that is that's yeah. mental so yeah, I'll mental. tell her to fuck off. That's <laughs> my, my my friend's a gas fitter, and he went and repaired someone's boiler for him, and he was there like an hour mm. fixing it all. And they asked to they, refund the gas, the gas and the water that he'd used. <laughs> they said, "Can you refund the gas and the water that you've used?" And he thought oh, he laughed. They were being serious. Uh, he was yeah. like, "Well, it's like I can give you like a quid. It's probably, probably the most the yeah. most I've used in the hour that I've been here." <laughs> 
we've like we've emailed loads of sh- like previously when we were in those in those stores emailed like asos and stuff to see if we can get in other places but i found like unless they email you it's like yeah, if, somebody wants them. You, if somebody wants you in their shop like you'll have an email like mm. like back in the day do you remember the brand, the brand hype yeah 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 like we started like the similar time and um so like it was like there was two guys that owned hype and i'm still friends with one of them jack but they ended up getting like i don't know if you know the story of hype like someone brought them out i know they got got massive didn't they yeah so like the original founders of hype didn't like didn't really make much money and there was some other guy in leicester that ended up buying buying them out and making it massive i think he had all connections to like top shop and a a sauce and next and all those all those brands and he actually he didn't get too far but he, he wanted to buy hooklo this was like 2014 maybe so I actually went to Leicester a few times to speak to him. So like he was like, "We'll take care of everything. You you move to Leicester." He's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> it's hardly the Bahamas, is it? Yeah, <laughs> You won't have to do anything, Scott. You won't have to touch. You know, like we'll do everything for you. We'll own fifty percent of who you'll own fifty percent. We'll get you in Top Shop. We'll get you in ASOS. We'll do all the branding. You know, we'll do everything. So I was like, shit, like back then I was thinking, you know, like, could this kind of sounded like too good to be true, basically, Hmm. like hype were getting massive. So I was like, this potentially could be, you know, a good, a good thing for, for my small brand. Long story short, I ended up speaking to like people who knew him in Leicester and it kind of was like, they were like, don't do it. They'll, in six months time they'll own 100% of who you'll own nothing it was kind of like he Mm. was known I think I think that's what happened with hype the original owners they kind of like got pushed out so yeah didn't didn't end up going with that and then it's like selling 50% of your soul when it gets to that as well isn't it like it's something you've built up as well yeah it's it's hard as well because when people are saying like oh you know you'll be doing this amount of money and you know like you can get a bit blinded by the well, the figures. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad I didn't because they probably would have kicked me out six months later. It was kind of like we still would have had you on the pod if that's any consolation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of just like it's weird because like with Hooklo, I've never like I've never pushed it hard. As like as long as I can pay myself a wage, hmm. pay people who work for me. And we're just making cool shit. Like I, I've never been like, I want this brand to be worth ten million pounds. You know, like I'm just, mm. I've always just like. But, but I think that's probably one of the major factors in why and how you've become so successful. Because it's like you're not like one of these. Or you don't sound like one of these people anyway. That's just plowing money into it and stuff. And it's like no. we see so many brands that kind of like will get to you know a certain size or anything and it's because they've plowed like shit tons of money into it but then it's obviously those costs just go up and up and up and up and unless you're earning you know fucking 10 times the amount you're putting back in it just gets to a stage where it just it can't be worth it can it yeah it's right and like even with staff is like it just becomes a headache sometimes like yeah, I bet. It's, it's yeah so with who it's like 
I'd probably put like, I don't know, I probably don't do enough with Hoochla. I like, I think because I've done it for so long, it's just kind of like, I just get on with it. I don't, I just. I bet you do it. more than you think you do. Yeah, I probably But do, if, yeah. if you sat down and worked out the hours and the, and the time and things you spent on it, I bet you do way more than you think you do. I think I put way more effort into making Hoochla successful than Who Cult. Mm. And like, which is crazy because like, Who Cult takes more money than Who Clo. Mm. So Who Cult will do over a million pounds this year, and I don't have to do much. Whereas Who Clo, I'm constantly tweaking the website and constantly. That's a lot of donuts. <laughs> yeah, I think coffee and donuts is probably an easier sell to people though, isn't it? It's kind of like when you think about. That I mean coffee in particular. It's like you walk into a coffee shop; it's two pound fifty or three quid for a cup of coffee or whatever. It's that's an easier sell than selling a t-shirt to somebody because a t-shirt's, you know, it's a, um, I guess like a, a bit more of a luxury purchase, isn't it? Or a what's yeah, the, word, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't buy a t-shirt every day, do you? But you can buy a coffee yeah. every day. Exactly. But um, exactly. yeah, I'm just you know, it's, it's we made we passed ten years. That's like it's such such an achievement. Such an achievement. I've, I've dealt with untold brands printing for them, and most of them don't even last ten months. In all seriousness, yeah, like they oh, just don't. Yeah, they just don't like. And it's it's sad to see. And you can almost you can almost see them making the mistakes before they're making it. And like the amount of amount of customers had like, look, are you sure you want to do this? Like, I'm not entirely like you. It's a saturated market already. Maybe what you're doing isn't necessarily the most original thing. Not that you have to be, but like it's not yeah. the most original thing. Um, you're going with something that's like I've, they either go way too simple straight out of the door, or way too complicated and it's hideously expensive to manufacture. And you try and guide these people, but at the end of the day, if they want to spend the money, they want to spend the money. But un- well, I've like, dealt with untold brands that basically just or I've just printed them rags effectively because that's all they end up being. People just expect things to work like instantly. They don't yeah. realize, like people will will see my brands and and not know the story. Mm, and not realize yeah. it took me 12 years to get to a point you know like mm. there's been months where i've made no money or little money but i've still put in the work like mm. there's a recipe for success and it's it's two simple things it's hard work mm. and consistency that's it mm. if you do those two things long enough mm. like, it will work i think that's why this this podcast is, is valuable in a way because you don't necessarily hear the the backstory of all of this so it's very it's very easy to someone for someone to come along look at something like supreme for example is always our example oh it's just a logo on a t-shirt and they're worth millions like it's not just that 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 is there's way more to it like the reason that people want that on a t-shirt is because of all of the years of of stuff that's come before it everything that person's achieved before it that's made them like ubiquitous with coolness if that makes sense and like and, and what they're able to do now it's not it's not yeah. just a, a logo and a, and a cool phrase on a t-shirt it's way way more than that and then you throw kids into the mix i've got a three-year-old <laughs> and a five-year-old your life changes you can't you can't commit 100 yeah. percent to your work mm. you know, like you might only be able to do 50 percent of of your time into your work so like yeah it's everything changes and obviously having kids you can't focus on on work 100% because so are there any plans to continue growing Hooklo then or is it just you happy with the level it's at or so there's, there's never been a plan to grow Hooklo I, I realized it was a silly question yeah. <laughs> so there never will be so like like I said as long as we can pay the bills 
we can pay the, the wages, we can make cool shit. I just want to like, if it grows organically, great. I'm not, but I'm never going to be pushing. Same with Who Cult. Like, that's been exactly the same. We've just grown organically. We've got three stores now. All doing great, all organically. If we if we open another store this year, it'll be because it's it's grown organically. I'm never gonna be pushing something like if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's I'm not gonna yeah. be checking, you know, lots of money into things to try and make it work. You're you're sort of like you're planning without planning because you're the the way you're running it is very like low stress. That makes sense, and the and that that lack of like pressure on yourself actually maybe frees you up to expand more than you maybe think it does because you're 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 taking all of that all of that weight of oh I need to build I need to do this I need to do that and you can concentrate just on what you're doing which is actually how you should be growing really yeah. is to co- concentrate on the moment and you know fix things where they need fixing you know get rid of things improve things blah 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 and that's that's really how things grow, not necessarily by like chucking loads of time and energy. At it. It's just like you say, hard work and consistency. Yeah, and you, I think you've got to let the you, you build a good brand. You you make good product. Like that's the product will do the talking. Especially with like you do good designs, you make it well, you print it well, you package it well. Like that, that's all you need to do. Like if if mm. you can't, if you've got all that and you can't make it work, then you know, there's something wrong. Something else wrong, yeah. Yeah. So, like, we let our products do the do the talking, basically, in both brands, be it donuts, coffee, t-shirts. We make it to the best of our ability, basically, and and I think it shows. But yeah, the the thing with like buying a, a t-shirt or hoodie or hat or whatever is, if someone's buying from you from the first time, you have one chance to make that yeah. right. One mm. chance. Yeah. Like you can. It's not. It's not like coffee and donuts in that way. Because yeah, if someone can buy a donut, they may not like the flavour of it, but that's their fault. They bought the wrong yeah. flavour. Like they can always come and try a different one. Yeah. Whereas if someone orders something from you and it comes and the packaging doesn't blow them away and the print doesn't blow them away and the quality of the garment isn't what they thought it was, you've lost them forever. That's it. They're they're done. Like they're yeah. they're, they're they're not coming back. They'll move on to the next person. And you've just spent money. You spent money to lose a customer is what you've yeah, done. Basically, you, yeah, you, so. you, you, you spent money to, to not ever see that money from someone else again. Yeah, that's why I think like packaging is so important because you've got that, you've got one opportunity to make an impression. Mm. Mm. And it honestly, it blows my mind that how you can get so stoked on a box and a free sticker. Like, yeah, yeah. it's worth every penny. <laughs> like it's, it's insane. I think a lot of people forget like the devil is in the detail. And like, mm. I, yeah. I think everything we do i try and 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 think about the detail from the customer's point of view even in the shop like everything has to you have to see it through the customer's eyes to like truly understand it even the website you know like i think a lot of businesses will forget about the actual customers Mm, focus too much on the other i I watched a really interesting video uh, last night and it was a guy and he was explaining how he uses heat maps uh, for people visiting yeah. his website to make his website easier for people to navigate and the more the more he does it the um the better his website's become and his and his profitability's gone up because people aren't he's he's finding what people are most looking for and most clicking on and that is what you see front and center when you go onto the website yeah you can do that on um you know when you send the newsletter out mm. so you can do you can do that and see 
where if they could, really that's mad but that's the kind of detail you've got to go into like you've mm. you've got to care you've got to like literally be so anal about those tiny little things because they make such a big difference mm. they don't necessarily make a difference instantly i think that's the yeah. that's the issue isn't it there's no there's no instant gratification there's in this no game immediate response yeah it's, it's all like le- le- learning and learning and responding to what people are doing and how they're you know and it's ha- caring, how they're behaving like, some some brand owners won't care like mm. they just won't care about that little detail i don't care if my customers click in on this or this i think like anyone can order 50 t-shirts and start a clothing brand can't they but it's mm. like all those li- little details that makes it over the, and over time it just becomes well, the, I think the, as well, it's it's so hard to to get that stuff across. Like when you are just like an e-com business as well, is it's kind of like, yeah, all right, it's great when you know customer buys something and they receive it, but it's kind of like, I don't know, trying to demonstrate to like online customers that it's like you are like getting like a little bit more than just a t-shirt. Do you see what I mean? It's yeah, like trying to good. trying to get that across. That kind of like that brand communication sort of thing is like really difficult, and I think we're we're probably at a stage now where it's like, this is why I kind of want to go like more down the the physical route and have like a bit of a retail store and not just our own stuff. Like, as I said, like I'd love to stock other people's stuff in it as well. So it's like, people aren't necessarily coming to see us. It's kind of like, they're coming to see just, Oh, what new cool shit is in today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, to go. We, we, we just don't get it from like the, the, the online stuff. And I'm, as I said, I'm just, I'm just getting a little bit like bored of it, I guess. It's, there's a, um there's a pub I go to not that far from here and everything in the pub is for sale everything like tables chairs like pictures on the wall and what's great about it i've literally i'm not joking i've been in there before having a drink with some friends and the guy who owns the pub's come up and gone oh just saying guys i sold this table can you lift your drinks up and you you lift your drinks up (laughs) he will take the table away and bring another one over to genuinely that's happened to me on more than one occasion like sometimes it's a chair you're sitting on what's cool about it is every time you go in there it feels like a different place. It feels like a different pub. And there's a lot of like organic movement in there. I'm and going to make and, sure and it, I know next time you're going to that pub and I'm going to sit like around the corner. Yeah, he's going to buy everything like, oh, up every time buy, I sit on the chair. That chair. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, tell, just tell that the guy, Dave, who runs it. Anytime he sits on a chair, tell him someone's bought it. But it's, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's a similar sort of thing because people, they, obviously they go, it's a pub, people go in there anyway, but generally pubs aren't that busy and it is, just a pub they don't serve they serve snacks and stuff but they don't serve hot food or anything so for just a pub to be as thriving as it is is quite frankly astounding and a lot of it is every time you go in there it's a different experience and that's and and, and that's that's part of the joy of it and feeding some of that into a, a retail store for clothing or whatever mm. it, it, it makes sense to have different brands and stuff in the shop like that because then it is it is a bit of fun every time you go oh what they got this time sort of thing yeah yeah I think yeah, retail retail's changed now. You've like you've got to create an experience. Like you've got yeah. to ex- like you've got to expect you've got to build it for for Instagram. Like as mm. sad as it is, mm-hmm. like you've got to. It's, it's changed so much. Like we have like a pink neon in each of our shop, and like the amount of people that will take a photo of that is like it's like it's just yeah. neon. You know, like it's nothing nothing new. Yeah, well, Jack from. Um... Jack from Modern Streets, uh, he, he was saying he's basically he's he's got a shop now in um in, in a in Manchester. a re, in retail centre in Manchester, yeah. And he was basically saying a lot of what he's done in there. Obviously, it looks cool. It's a nice place to work as well. But like, it's got to be cool. People want to you want people to take pictures of it. 
Like you need, mm, yeah, you, you have need to. to have it so that people take pictures of it. Yeah, it'll, it'll only help you. It's just yeah, it's a mad world. Yeah, and yeah. it's not really, it really, it's not that much effort to make something look nice, is it? Ah, oh, not really. No, no. Like, like it's, you just got to have a bit of an. If you can design T-shirts, you can design a, a a cool a cool place for someone to visit for sure. It goes back to the devil is in the detail. Like you've got to mm. think about all those. Yeah, things and they all come together. Then mm. you've got so you've okay. got to be obsessed. Like I'm obsessed with like with branding and like the customer's point of view. Like you've just yeah. got to edit. But once you once you start doing that, it becomes second nature. Like even like looking at you now, the background you've got is like seems very curated and and it's very like and it's a, it's a nice place. Once yeah. you start doing that. You don't even really think about it. It's just, oh, let's make this look cool. Let's do this. Oh, that'll work. Like it's not like you don't necessarily have to sit down and do it all in one go. It's lots of lots of little things, lots of little changes that build up. It's the you know the the one percent. If you can improve something one percent a day, then like, Mm. but the the third of a year and it's one hundred percent better than it was when you first started. Mm. My um might seem like a stupid question because donuts are just awesome, but why (laughs) donuts? Donuts was like never like, so I had an office. Didn't it wasn't like using the office. It was like oh, like coffee was the focus. I thought let's put a coffee machine in there. We can have coffees. We can sell t-shirts from there. You know, customers. you were like now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't remember what it was, but I think it was just like no one was doing it, mm. and it's like very American. It was like kind of what it. Mm. So like the original Who Cult, I built it to look, you know, like we go on about like on brand, people wanting to go there and spend time there as well as money. So like I knew I needed something else, you know, like you couldn't just sell coffee. Um, and I managed to find like a local bakery that, that made donuts. So they would make just the base of the donut. So we would go there in the morning you know, order like 50 donuts, say, we'd bring them back, we would top them ourselves. No, no, like, no experience in this. We just like ice and sugar, food coloring in a bowl, just like in the morning, mixing, mixing the ice in with the color, topping the donut, putting them in the counter with the coffee. And because, because no one was doing it, it, it just worked. And it was like, they like visually, they looked nice as well. It was the whole, you know, like the Homer Simpson donut, mm. the bright pink <laughs> with the sprinkles. They just looked good. Um, and it just made the whole brand stronger. So we had coffee, T-shirts, and then obviously donuts. And it just went from there, basically. And it got to a point where, and like lockdown happened, so we had to, we had to close. So like, we didn't even have a website at, the point, at that time for Who Cult. So like, I spent an evening making a website and decided to do like uh, donut deliveries. So like oh, everybody, everyone was stuck at home. So I made, I got a design made. I said, stay home and eat donuts. We screen print. We used like brown pizza boxes back then. Nice. We used water-based ink. We, we screen printed that design onto the, onto the brown box. Cause we couldn't afford to get proper boxes made back then. Um, and like on a Sunday then we would like, 
have like Monday to Sunday delivery days. I think we did like 50 boxes each day or 100 boxes each day. I'd make it live on a Sunday. And like for some reason, I think like COVID like blew who called up massively. It was like such a big help. But it was because I adapted and like didn't just like, mm. oh, I'm just going to go home and chill. It was like, mm. yeah, yeah. So like I would I'd make it live on a Sunday evening at eight o'clock and they would we would sell like two thousand donuts in like sixty to eighty seconds. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. <laughs> like the more we did it, the more it became a thing where like so I'd go on our this was a brand new website I just made as well. So I ended up having like four different drivers. So they would come to Who Cult, pick up the pre-made boxes, because it was like ten pounds for a box of four. So like a local um he used to, he like COVID hit, but he was like, he would do airport runs, you know, like take you to the airport. Mm. So his job stopped. So then he became delivery driver for me. So like, it was weird. But um, so we would make them box them all up and then the drivers would pick up. So like one would pick up and uh, cover Cardiff. One would come and pick up 50 boxes and cover Bridgend and like blah, blah, blah. And like every Sunday when I made it live, it just became this like, There'd be like 500 people on the website waiting for them to go live. I think it's like everybody was stuck at home and it was like a fun, you could get donuts delivered to your donut on your chosen day. Hmm. You'd you'd pick your day, Monday to Sunday, and then we would just deliver all day to that that area. That's crazy, isn't it? So like, that's when Hukal took off. And then the BBC got in touch. So I had this, I had this random message on, on my personal Facebook, this producer from a BBC show was like, we're covering, um, we're doing a show on like entrepreneurs who have adapted because of lockdown. Would you like to be on the show? So I was like, not really. Like, it's not my, uh, (laughs) (laughs) not my, not my thing. You know, like I'd rather be like not known. But I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out with my comfort zone because it's going to be good for the good for the business. Mm. So I ended up filming this BBC show for six months. So they would come down. Like, say they would come down, like a camera crew would turn up. This is like during lockdown now, so you'd have to wear masks and stuff. Was, so they would come down once a week and, and spend the day filming. And it was at the time where we were like expanding Who Cult. So like we knocked down the existing shop. I managed to get the warehouse next door to move Huclo into next door so I could expand Who Cult. It was kind of cool. Like they got to film like the whole expansion of Who Cult. So like in like that's where Who Cult like began in my eyes, like that mm. period of time. And then when we when we could reopen during COVID, we would have like queues of like 50 people to get in. That's crazy. If you go on BBC iPlay, you can like Google, you can search the show. Um if we can, if we can find it, we'll we'll link it in the in the description as well. So I'm sure it's people want to watch that. Yeah, but it's it's nice that you've basically had that documented for you. Yeah, it's it's like it was way out of my comfort zone. Like I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed doing it, but like it's so cool to now to like have that to look back on because that was like the beginning. Mm. Yeah. So it was like cool. An archive piece. Yeah, they documented the whole thing. So like they were they were filming like, like one day they were here with snowing and there's like. 40 people stood in the snow queuing to get donuts. <laughs> like they captured, like people were stood there shivering in, in a queue during lockdown to buy donuts. Like, 
thing is the optics of that as well. Like if someone's watching that and sees someone going through that to get a donut, they're going to go, that must I be a fucking one. good donut. I yeah. want one. Like I, and you told me about that. And I'm like, I really want a donut. <laughs> That's what happened. And, and I, so the, like that BBC show came out and then created an even bigger hype then. So like mm. every day then we'd have queues of people queuing for hours. Like some people would queue like over an hour to get a box of donuts. Bloody hell. Yeah, it, it, was a, it was a weird time. I mean, so w- when you moved everything over then, did you have to move like the, everything from Hufo, including the auto and everything so over into the... At the time, I, so yeah, so the little Who Cult shop was at the front of Hooklo. Um, We had a manual at the time. I could never get an auto okay. into the building because we, right. we'd built, where the shutters go up, we'd built like a, a stud frame of windows. So okay. we only had a door to come in and out of. So I could never actually get an auto because we couldn't get it into the building. So the guy next door moved out. Um, I took that warehouse on, moved Hooklo in, and then invested in an auto. Um, okay. kind of, it was kind of like, was able to scale Hooklo a little bit more then because like we could actually buy an auto and yeah. print more stuff. But like Hookult was my focus then. So going back to Hooklo, I, I kind of like took my foot off the pedal and I, I was doing Hooklo. It was like new, exciting. It was like, yeah, wow, this you, is. You also need to know when to like ride the hype train. Yeah. But like if, if, if things are, you don't just like, because something's not had attention for a while, you don't just jump to it. But like if it's, if, if it's getting all that press and attention, you need to put your energy into it. Yeah. And I, I like knew Hooklo. I could turn Hooklo website off and I know it. Six months later, I could turn it back on. Like it was, it's always mm. going to be there. Yeah. You know, like it goes on. You just run Facebook ads for a bit or whatever. But um, so we were still doing Hooklo, but like during lockdown, obviously everything had changed. So we, like, you couldn't order T-shirts, could you, off like Valawise or wherever. It was a difficult time. Mm. My, yeah. <laughs> my focus was donuts. So like, I actually had time to like one hundred percent commit to Hookult. So um, it ended. So anyway, it ended up the local bakery I was using for the base donut. They couldn't keep up. <laughs> so like I went there one day like, to pick up donuts, and the owner was like, "Oh, I, I can't do this anymore." I was like, "What do you mean? Like, are you, oh, you gonna have to find somewhere else to get your donuts?" I'll, I'll give you two weeks. It's like shit. That's nice know. of him. Sure. Can't just find somewhere to make donuts. Do you know, like it's not as easy as that, especially where we live but the goal was to always build a bakery so with with those donuts i had no control over the shape the size the quality i was just buying them in blank same as t-shirts basically so i always knew i wanted to have that that control but obviously building a bakery is it's not my industry for one and it's it's money so I wanted the bakery. So like that pushed me to build my own bakery. Basically, the guy was like, "We can't do it anymore. It's, it's, you know, you want too many. We got our own stuff." What a dick! Come aside from anything else, like yeah, you were, you were buying more from him than probably anyone else. Like, yeah, why would he was? And like at the time as well, there was a few other like people who had who had seen what I was doing and trying to get on on the same train of doing donuts. So it went from like right. yeah, nobody yeah. was doing donuts where I live to like everyone had seen that BBC show as well and. Thinking, oh, 
he's doing all right let's we let's do donuts mm. and a few yeah. people started you found that supplier that i was using and he wasn't giving me any loyalty he was he was giving uh, them fucking the, right. that that relationship kind of was dying anyway and, that, and so i was like look i give you this amount every month guaranteed like why aren't you giving me any loyalty why aren't you telling these people who are wanting 50 to 100 donuts a week no hmm. so he would he was willing to supply them but not supply me where like he could have just supplied me with donuts yeah, yeah and it, it has still been all right yeah, yeah. and made more money so that relationship kind of like i still go there because they 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 make like lunch you know like rolls and pasties and stuff and it's like literally two minutes away from where where my base is but he was like i'll give you two i give you two weeks you need to find somewhere else and i was like ah oh. and i said to him i'm gonna have to build my own bakery like that's that's the only way and he laughed in my face and said, yeah, good luck. <laughs> like, Fucking hell. Like, right. Okay. Is it, was, he, was he married to the bank manager? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all connected. Like, when people tell you no, I don't know if you're the same. I'm like, yeah, you just want to do it more. It's, yeah. Like, when I told my dad I was, make, I was doing hookah, I'm going to put a coffee shop in the front of my warehouse. Like, he said, like, who is going to go to an industrial estate for a coffee and donut? Nobody. Like, you're wasting your time. So that, that's the level, like, right, I'm doing it. Like, now he's, he's I think he's gutted he even said that now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think sometimes, though, you just want kind of, like, people's advice, like, even if it's negative, to kind of just, like, spur your own idea on sort of thing. Like, it's, you I know, love- I've had it before, but when people have said no that's not a good idea and it's like that's just making me think it's a better idea though yeah you i I love to use that negative energy to like do it like get like give me that like there's nothing more that i enjoy someone telling me like you can't do it and doing Mm. it so yeah he said you can't uh good luck building a bakery like laughed in my face so like we're on like a row of industrial units is like nine eight or nine units so we had one for who cults we got one for who clo so then i was like shit i need another unit for a bakery <laughs> but they were all taken and i, I didn't want to make a bakery that wasn't close to the because at the time we only had this one shop mm. didn't make sense to have an, a bakery 10 minutes down the road yeah so i ended up paying some paying someone to leave the warehouse. I was like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Did you send them a horse's head as well? Yeah. <laughs> well, she just went, uh, sorry, but I'm having this warehouse now, but we rent it. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Won't go into detail, but basically said, look, I'll give you this much money if you move out. And he said, yep, I'll, I'll pack up my stuff. Did he and, say yes really quickly? Because yeah. when they, when they say yes really quickly, it's when you know you offered way too much. <laughs> he, he was like, he never used the warehouse, so I kind of knew like he wasn't like right. He wasn't there every day, kind of thing. It was like mm. more he was using it as like storage. So I kind of knew like if he was offered something, he's mm. probably most likely gonna take it. Free donuts for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was I was like, Are you looking to move out anytime soon? And he's like, Yeah, probably at some point. But I I didn't have time was against me. I had two weeks. Mm. So I was like, look, I'll give you this much. If you move out this week, wow. yeah, <laughs> let me help you <laughs> pack the car. So yeah, he moved out. I took over that unit. I like 
obviously my, I got no experience in, in baking. I've got no interest in, you know, like I created the brand. I don't want to be a baker. I don't need to be a baker. That's, that's not a business. That's a job. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, mm. I'm not looking to, to start baking donuts. And also you're on a short time frame. You needed someone to come yeah. in and know exactly what they're doing. So I, I did some research, managed to like find the, like the equipment I needed purchased it all up front and then like started hiring I already had like two donut decorators who decorated the donuts so like um slowly but surely like grew that team and like found a baker now we've got like a couple of bakers a couple of donut toppers so kind of got just got pushed into it which was like a godsend looking back because now the donuts are like exactly how I want them they're like Mm. you know bigger than your head (laughs) <laughs> they're like what i want yeah and like when i was getting them from the bakery they were i had no control they mm. weren't they were okay but you've got to start somewhere like i'm not gonna yeah. put 60 grand into a bakery and not know if it's gonna work so it kind of mm. like it all worked how, out. how was that transition then how quickly did that all happen then because obviously there was the two-week thing where it's like you know okay shit we need donuts did that the majority of that literally happened in that two-week period then? I, I think it was a bit longer than two weeks, but it was within, like, a few weeks. Fucking hell. hell. I just ordered. I had the money in the bank from, mm. from saving it, from doing the donuts. So it kind of made the mistake of, like, I'm going to just buy everything up front. I've got the money. Mm. Looking back now, I should have, like, leased it all, all the equipment. Yeah, but so that takes time as well, going through yeah. all the agreements and everything. Sometimes the best thing you can do is chuck a fuck ton of money at something. And and, and, that, and yeah. that's the only way they can get you out of a hole. But then if you know, if you know, you've got something that it's you can time. build from there. Yeah. I think that's the only time I've actually like thrown money at something, mm. but I kind of like, it was a no brainer. Like we've yeah. already grown the shop, the shop mm. had queues all day, every day. It we were wasn't really it. a risk. Was it the, the, the bigger risk would better. have been not having donuts. Yeah, that's so like I knew like once once I could control the quantity, like quantity was the the biggest thing. Yeah. So like we were selling out at like lunchtime because they were controlling on the quantity of donuts he was giving us. Yeah. Like he was capping us. So like we were like, shit, we can't. (laughs) You were being rationed. (laughs) Yeah. And this BBC thing came out. So we were get we were selling out early and then getting customers for the next five hours turning up disappointed mm. oh you've got no donuts left and we're like oh because like he would only give us say 500 a day but now we can we can do 5,000 a day do you know and they're better bigger tastier and they cost less now yeah in other Perfect, words man. fuck you donut man yeah <laughs> i'm not sure it's awesome yeah it, it worked out but um he listens by the way yeah i'll send it to him <laughs> Does he? <laughs> he might. He might want to take some advice. <laughs> I was like, so I was in the zone, you know. Like I was so determined to make it. To yeah, I, once I once I get an idea, I just have to do it. It just happens. Yeah, mm. just, yeah. But it, it worked out. So yeah, now we've got got our own bakery, and then we supply our own three stores with the product. So I've got I've got a I've got a question for you regarding your um regarding your donut toppers and actually your uh hooklo as well. Where do the designs come from and the artwork? How does that work? Because there's obviously there's a you've got 
you're basically you, like you said earlier you're doing the same thing in different ways you're taking something blank and and, and making yeah. it like cool so where does the um, inspiration for the donuts come from and like the and the, the garments as well so with the donuts i'll work with the bakery manager like donuts the donut topping is like the idea wise you just you just think of a chocolate bar that you mm. like mm. give me a chocolate bar you double deck us and you just basically chuck that on top of a donut and make it colorful and do you make a double decker donut we don't but we can for you the triple d <laughs> triple d yeah <laughs> but the donut side of it is you know you, it's quite easy you just research chocolate or you know products you love biscoff oreo that kind of stuff oh, biscoff donut that but that's amazing hmm. so we do 12 flavors daily we've got like the homer which is like a raspberry homer donut Biscoff, <laughs> Oreo, um, Buenu. Like, there's literally that side of it is easy. T shirt wise, is a lot harder because everything's been done for one. Mm. That's where, like, I struggle sometimes with hoopla because it, it takes way more effort to, to do anything. Like, donuts, you can just make a donut look visually pleasing and, and obviously it's going to taste well because we, we make them. Things with a t-shirt, it's got to look good forever, Quick. isn't it? Yeah, and it's everything's been done like graphic-wise, and it's it takes time and so like for who clothes the t-shirt designs. I like just brainstorm like like our best selling tees are like the ones with um so like here for a good time, not a long time, anywhere but here, stay weird. It's like the ones with like the slogans. Slogans do mm. do well for us. And like black t-shirts or like we sell 99% black t-shirts. We've tried to do other colors, but like, I think that over the years, cause we focused on black and white. I've got one of your, um, people suck hats. Oh, no. Nice. It's like always get comments on it. And it's just like, it's, it's always the same type of people as well. And it's just, and they're just like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's people that are working in retail and they're like, I like your hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like with the designs for Hoopla, we like I don't take it too seriously. It's like like that that people suck design. I think I seen someone selling that on Instagram. I was like, yeah, that's that's funny. Mm. It's like trying but not trying, you know. Just yeah. making, making cool stuff that I want to wear. You're choosing where to put your energy. Yeah, that's what it is. Like you don't you don't need to wear every hat in in a business or in a, in a brand. Like you just need to. You either wear the hat or you find someone else that it fits, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you, you you need to, if it's not, just because you haven't got a strong point in the brand doesn't mean you can't find someone else to do it. There's no point pushing through. Like, if yeah. someone's got the skills to do it and you can pay them, like, you've got to value your time over that as well. Like, yeah, oh, get someone else to do it for you. Like, <laughs> delegation, yeah. man. That's what I've discovered. It, it took, like, 10 years, you know, for, for a long time. I was I was the one that could only print by hand on the manual. I was doing the emails, you know, like wearing every single hat you could. And I, like, I slowly but surely discovered, you know, like bringing in, bringing in people to help you, you've got to trust them as well to like understand your brand. Hmm. But I've got to a point now where I've got like a strong team. I've got a warehouse manager here, Drew. Like he, he cares about the business. You know, he's not, he doesn't come here just to work and get paid, you know, like yeah, I can see that he, he cares about the brand and he actually puts in the effort where he doesn't have like doesn't have to do that 
so yeah it all depends on the on the team you build and slowly like learning to let go of certain roles like you can't you can't wear all the hats because you're not gonna it's hard to scale when you when you've got to do everything yeah the, the auto shop i work at it's kind of like the flip side of that where it's like there's such a high turner of, of staff yeah and it's because i mean hey people just don't give a shit but it's like they're they're obviously just not finding the right people for it it's just like oh they're available to work and that's it or they're but finding then, the right people then treating them like shit that's the other that's the other thing <laughs> but it comes back to like place of work if you if you're creating a nice atmosphere the, mm. you know the place they're working is nice it's gonna it's gonna go to your advantage because yeah they start caring about where they work do you know yeah 100 i mean that was the thing like with downcast like because it was always me and nicks who did it and like we were very nearly at a stage where we were like thinking of like adding adding someone to the team it was difficult because at the time it was still kind of based at home but like when when we got the unit and we had like so when we moved into the unit i was very conscious of the fact that i was like i want to upgrade like the equipment that we've got and i've got the money in the bank i want to buy it outright because then I've, i don't owe anybody anything yeah. if it all goes to fucking shit i can just sell the gear and kind of get like a, a decent chunk of my money back sort of thing um and it was kind of between like okay do we do we go down the route of hiring somebody stick with the same equipment we've got or anything but then in the back of my mind, I was like, but when moving to this fucking nice new space, like I've got more room to play with. I can get better equipment and stuff and kind of upgrade on that side of the business. And it's like, yeah, it's going to be more work for, for, for me and my other half. But in hindsight, it was it was probably the right decision because the brand has kind of taken a little bit of a backseat now. And like, you know, it's still still going and it still does OK. But my main focus is on the print business because it's yeah. like, that's just, you know, it's more regular income for me. It's yeah. like, if we have a bad month with the brand, I can't predict that, you know, yeah. like, and part of the reason for, for the downsize that we're kind of doing now is a, we're changing the, the want to change like the business model a little bit. Um, and kind of coming back home is just a stopover. We're going to be saving, you know, four or five grand a quarter. Yeah. in in just rent alone sort of thing and we can put that back in our pockets or reinvest it back into the business but um yeah it's, 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 so it's, it's it's partly to to downsize to save a little bit of money but i guess just to kind of like recalibrate a little bit and just kind of sit down and it's kind of like okay what do we actually want to do now yeah you know we've done the whole oh it's manic like we're getting fucking 100 orders of fucking every couple of days or every three days or whatever and like not having time to kind of just stop and think a little bit it's like how do how do we want the business to look it kind of just took, became its own beast sort of thing yeah time flies our brand, yeah exactly and obviously our brand is you know it's, it's not on the same scale as what Hooklo does but it you know when it is your sole focus and as you said you've got kids and stuff like that as well it's like you don't really have a second to sit down and just like like think like, yeah, you just you just get on with your daily yeah and before you yeah. know, five years later ten years later like when yeah. i was, when i used to print on the manual mm. i was like worried about getting someone in to help me so i had someone come in to help me but i like wouldn't let them print because i was like i need to be in control of of you know like white on black on a manual it's not mm -hmm. it's not an easy task i'd done it for years so i like knew i could do it yeah Different, you know, training someone on an, on an auto is a bit easier than a manual. Yeah. So Drew, who works for me now as, as like the warehouse manager, he's been here a year now. 
he'd never printed before, um, came straight here, jumped on the auto, and was running the auto in like two weeks. That's mad. Like, like Connor, we worked with Jack. Yeah, Have you met yeah. him? Same. I haven't met him. I watched the podcast. Yeah, like different. Yeah, Silver Spoon. It's crazy. Like, like never printing on a manual is 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 mad for me to i did it for so long do you know like when you print till like 4 a.m and yeah 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 that was last <laughs> night for me yeah <laughs> you've got to experience that to like understand an auto do you know yeah it's still good good, like, good printers are made by their mistakes i think yeah still like, massive skill to run an auto do you know like you need to know oh yeah for sure yeah, of course but like drew picked it up so quick and it, that's where it kind of changed for me for Hooklo. I was a, I was then able, I put trust in him. Hmm. He cared about he cares about the prints. You know, he's gonna look for pinholes. He's gonna he's gonna make sure it's, it's as white as it can be. And that was my worry. Like I don't want someone just to jump on the press, chuck out you know half ass t shirt, half ass prints because they get paid either way. Hmm. So it then gave me that time to like focus my time on other parts of the business. Whereas before I was like constantly stuck on a manual eight hours a day. It's hard to run a business if you just printing on a manual eight hours a day. So yeah. it, it boils down to like trusting people to like mm. do the do stuff. You, do you miss manual printing at all? I actually sold, we had, we still had it for a long time. I sold it the other day. Well, the other Did week. You? Yeah. It was just in the way. He, he what was it? It was, um, is this the one you bought from Roper? Yeah, Cruiser, M and R. Yeah, that's what yeah. I've got. And then I, I and Darcy's got. I got M and R Cruiser from from Roper. Then I, a few years back, got a Sidewinder. All right, yeah, yeah. Bit more sturdy. That's the one you can add the extra screens to if you want to as well, can't you? Yeah. Is that the one? Was that the Chameleon? That is a Sidewinder, isn't it? We never did the, that. Chame- the Chameleon. You can get like the air clamps on and stuff. Yeah. Mm. That's did did me well. It was like it was a good press, but like yeah. physically, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, mm. yeah. We there, were there, there's a end. there's a sweet spot for manual printing, isn't there? Like quantity and mm. and, and, and we've got one. Well. In, we've got one in at the minute from a, a band we do some fulfillment for, and the order came through, and it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds yeah. of shirts, and I'm just like, oh man. And like some it's... of them are like five color, five color back, three color front with underbase, and it's just like, oh mate, I'm not looking forward to this. Part of me, uh, part of me misses it, and then I remember like it's fun doing like 25 t-shirts, 30 t-shirts. Yeah, and you've exactly. got been 200 black, mm-hmm. on white front and back, and you're under giving up on you like, yeah. So part of me does miss it because it's like it was like a, I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. But it all depends on how much you print, I guess. Like, I would enjoy it if I could do an hour a day. Yeah. But like, I don't miss being down here in the freezing cold till four a.m. Did Did you find that kind of like when you went auto with Hooklo? Then did that, I guess, change your business model slightly? It just freed up a lot of time, you know. Like, yeah. Like, what we could do on a manual compared to an auto, like, changed dramatically. So, and it was like everything just became easier. Yeah. Like the press, the press I've got isn't um, state of the art, you know, it's, it's like. Is it a sportsman? Yeah, a sportsman, but it's old. It's like, you know, Alex from Supreme Screen. 
Yeah. yeah I, was, I, be, I was speaking to him earlier, yeah, actually. Dinner, yeah. we, had, we, had, we had dinner with him um, up at Printware. Yeah. You're going to get him on this? Yeah. Gonna... I mean, p- p- potentially. I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to focus the pod a bit more around brand ownership rather than printers because I know, um, do you know Chessie from Squeegee and Inc? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she does she her does podcast. And she's, yeah, so it's kind of, we don't really want to necessarily go down that route. Um, yeah. He knows his stuff. Like oh, my God, oh, that yeah. man. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we, we, went, we went for pizza on Sunday evening and up in Solihull, and um, someone asked him a question about separations. He just whipped the laptop out and just did it in front of us. <laughs> it was, it was, it was like a, ma- a masterclass at dinner. It was amazing. How, yeah, he's he knows his stuff. Like, I don't think he even realizes like how good he is. much knowledge he has. Oh, he just sort of has it, and he just gives it out for free. But it's just he does it, just, it every it's day. Great. It's normal to him. Yeah. Like, so he was get he was upgrading his press. So I ended up buying the auto off him. I got a good deal on it. I think it was like five or six grand. It's nothing, is it? Really? Yeah. And he was he's he's his print shop is like three minutes away from me now it's literally mm. over the road the opposite side of the road so it just made sense it was like it's a it's it's not state of the art but like we only print like one color 90 percent so like, mm. like for what we need it for and for the price it was like a no-brainer yeah um, and he and like alex coming around and teaching us how to use it it was like it's priceless yeah. so like we well he taught me to taught me to to use it then i taught drew to use it um i probably i probably used it like five times so like i even i didn't even know much about it to be honest <laughs> but like i had to buy the air compressor i didn't realize you had to buy a bloody air compressor so like I think <laughs> our air compressor it was but that was than, a bit more than five grand <laughs> it was more than the press yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flippin' heck. the thing yeah. the thing the thing with that heavy industrial equipment is once you got it as long as it's well maintained Shouldn't ever really, unless you want to get something bigger, you shouldn't ever really need to change it, should you? It's mm. a workhorse. And for what we, you know, we do like one color prints. That's pretty much what we do. Like maybe the odd two color. Mm. It's literally, we got Trilock. It gets the job done. It's, it's not got a fancy iPad screen on it. It's, it's old school. It's got little buttons. I love that. I love you, buttons and switches. Use, it's got like 50 buttons, but you use two of them. Do you know, it's not, yeah. it looks a lot harder. Yeah, we were up at um, Printware and uh, went over to the Screen Print World stand, and they had uh, the new, uh, new M and R presses. Um, what are they called? Is it the Copperhead? Oh yeah. Um, and they're 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 like European style presses, and the heads all lift up yeah. and everything. Like, and it's, it looks so cool, so cool. It was, was really so quiet jet. as well. Like it was running yeah. behind us, yeah. and we were just having a conversation, it was barely making any noise. Um, I mean, the thing is, is like Nick was going, "Oh yeah, it's really really quiet." But it's like the the press isn't the thing that necessarily makes the most noise. It's the fucking air compressor. Yeah. It's like it'll go off, and it's just like. Like every like every like fucking half an hour or whatever, and it scares the shit out of you when you're not used to it. Like I'm so used to it now at the other place, but you see new people like when they start and they walk past it and it suddenly goes off and they just like jump. It's so good. I've I've tempted to like upgrade ours. I probably will like in the future, but what the press? Yeah, they probably upgrade it at some point because it is like I don't know what age it is. It might be like 2001 or something. It's old, but um. It's paid for, do you know. There's no like, yeah, yeah. We could get like a, a brand new shiny one and pay monthly for it, but at the minute, it's like it, it does what we needed to do. 
it's paid mm. for it's one less thing to pay for, you know like not pay for i read um you know adam savage from mythbusters yeah i read his book uh, every tool is a hammer and it's like you can read it like start to finish but it's also you can almost read it like a manual like if there's certain things you want to know about he's got like an index in the back and you can go and like if there's a subject on like paint or like rulers or whatever you can go and it you can flip right to it and, and use it almost like a workshop manual and um he's got this really cool philosophy about tools and equipment whereas when unless he knows he desperately needs something he will go out and buy the cheapest the cheapest version of something and use it and he uses it until it either dies or he realizes he doesn't actually need it and then if it's like if, if it's dead and he's he's used it to death then he'll go out and buy a good version of it He'll go out and he'll, he'll buy something like whatever the best version he can afford. If he hasn't used it, he gets rid of it. And like yeah. he, he's got he's got very little wastage because he's not like going out and thinking, I need to buy the best version of this. He goes out, mm-hmm. he buys buys the cheapest, cheapest version he can afford. If he finds issues, then he changes it. Like there's no like that the, 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 there's very little like time wastage for him. It's it's quite a neat little way of working. Yes, it's it's difficult because like we could all get the best press out there and pay monthly for it but it's just adding to the you, like do you want that extra stress of knowing you've got to pay mm. an extra thousand pound every month mm. for the equipment well then and, you start maybe making decisions that you wouldn't normally make as well yeah that's the thing like particularly if you're printing for someone else like you go you maybe take on jobs that you wouldn't normally want to take on it's, a, it's mm. just a, it's a dangerous yeah. spiral isn't it it's like we we don't print for anyone else anymore like we get asked all the time and we just say no because like obviously i've learned to focus i gotta focus on my own brands now but like say we did have to have a payment to get a new machine mm. i i don't want to have to take on those jobs to be able to afford to yeah pay for that machine where the one we've got is perfectly fine one day and i don't use it so <laughs> You, you might you might treat your press boy to it one day <laughs> you definitely will upgrade one day but like at the minute there's it's fine fair enough is there anything like you've achieved as who or who cult that you're really really proud of is there one thing that's happened you're like i, th- I think just making it past the 10-year mark is pretty cool like yeah if that is mental like right. working for myself from like being told like get a real job it's not gonna work you know like buy your buy your bank manager buy your baker (laughs) so just like yeah just just getting over that 10-year mark and like still being able to grow and be here basically that's yeah pretty pretty proud of that yeah it's a great achievement i don't i don't think there are many brands that will make it past that Mm. or have made it past that like it hasn't been easy, your sort of level. but it's it's literally consistency just like mm. just pushing every day and that's I think- pre- pretty much how i built my print shop was like i wasn't necessarily printing in there every day while i was trying to build things up but i went in there every day every day when i was building even a- if it was tidying or like fixing something yeah, or whatever like i think if you if you start something and you, you haven't got that passion like it's never gonna work no like if you're starting a clothing brand just because you've seen someone else start a clothing brand, it's not gonna, yeah, not gonna work for you. you need mm. like it need a fire needs to be burning through you like twenty four seven. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah. 
Sometimes that know. fire is plasticol fumes and your eyeballs at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So be it. That's what it takes. Yeah. Uh, should we see if we've got any listener questions? Oh, yeah, we have got, you have got, you've got a couple of listener questions, haven't you? Yeah, I think a few of them we've already covered, though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've actually uh, changed it up a bit. Yeah, Jack at HMV was asking about um, HMV because uh, I know he's oh, done some in very... Um, yeah, Jack at Modern Streets. He was asking about HMV because I, th- I think he's doing something similar with them, but um, Don't do it. you covered that. You've pulled it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sell yourself. <laughs> Is that um, one answered? <laughs> And yeah, you've covered all the others, but uh, Paul says, Paul from a uh, humane maid. Um, I'm not going to read out the first one because it's a bit rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um he says, uh, if you could collaborate with any brand, any Oof. other brand, who would it be and why? That's a great question. A good, that is a good one. It would never happen, but if, if I could, I'd probably pick Palace. Oh, uh, they're cool, aren't just because they like started off streetwear, hmm. skateboarding, same hmm. kind of uh, background, and they've just obviously blown up now. Um, and the quality of their stuff is insane. They've it's... done some really cool, like high density prints and stuff as well, haven't they? Yeah, I've seen a few of those. They're pushing the boundaries, but they've got they've got the power and the money to do it now. Do you know? Hmm. Um, and they're still skate. You know, they they haven't drifted. From being a skateboard brand, they're still yeah. They've just mixed it up. They haven't yeah. sold out, you know. Yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome man. Um, I, I know we've done this before, but do you have any questions for us? Nope. <laughs> Excellent. That's fine. I mean, to be honest, you there, there's there, there's there's nothing nothing we could advise you with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine like questions for yeah? Well, I think I think you just sell up and uh, and start again. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, oh. do a few randoms and then just we'll a couple of randoms. Mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your ideal holiday destination? New York. New York, the, the, the city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you been there before? Yeah, I got married in New York. Oh, amazing! So, um, I like I like a busy holiday. I don't like Chilling. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't like sitting on my ass like. Yeah. So like we got married in New York, like literally like nine or ten years ago. And we've never we haven't been back since. So like that's high on the list of like like when we went, we like Instagram wasn't a big thing. Do you know, like now you see all these cool coffee shops and hmm. places are like easier to find. When we went, like we were just like walking around New York trying to find like we found five guys, like five guys wasn't in the UK when we went to New York. So we were like, whoa, five guys, this is crazy. <laughs> I'd love to go back and experience like just mainly like coffee shops and like just walking around the, the city. My friend worked for five guys for a little while. He was um he was a surveyor for them for their buildings every time they opened up a new building. Oh, nice. And everyone that goes and gets a new job with them has to spend three weeks flipping burgers before they can do any role in the business. Makes sense. They have to go in and they have to know exactly how things work. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I never found the branch he was in, so I never managed to go mm-hmm. in and get him to make me a burger, unfortunately. <laughs> as uh, as you experienced last time, mine are always the stupid questions. Um, would you have a, rather have a pet dinosaur or a pet dragon? 
I'll have a dinosaur because my little boys love dinosaurs. So just come in, keep them occupied. What's their favourite dinosaur? Oh, you'd have to ask them. Mm. <laughs> if, you can, if you can find out and let us know. They know, more, they know more dinosaurs than I know. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm a stegosaurus man I'm myself. Not, I'm not too clued up on dinosaurs. but um... I'll be honest with you. I thought dinosaurs and dragons, are they not the same thing? Is a dragon not a dinosaur? One blows fire, one... Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Do you want to yeah, get melted or do you want to get eaten? True that. Or yeah. melted and then eaten. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could add one outrageous luxury to your workspace with money being no object, what would you add? I, I really want to get a, like a a big slide in here. That would be like... cool. That would be cool. I think my wife would kill me if I spend any more money on pointless things. <laughs> or or get, get one of those staircases that turns into a slide, you know, yeah. where, the, where they go, and then you can... I want to get one of those, like, tunnel slides, you know, where you, it's like a yeah. tunnel. But um, not very luxury, but it's fun. They look funny. Yeah, cool. big, massive slide from, probably, like, from my office into the coffee shop. <laughs> that, that would be perfect. Just <laughs> just sliding in when the, when, the, when they see you coming down, they've already got your coffee weight. You just <laughs> and just have it so it so it lands so it bumps you in at the, as the first person in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> um, pants or socks? If you have to, had to get rid of one, which one are you choose? <laughs> I don't wear pants. Are you a commando boy? Yeah? No, I'm only joking. No. Um, pants i guess keep your feet warm yeah yeah i hate wearing socks like when i when i wear them i've got to wear really nice <laughs> ones but generally speaking like the second i'm i'm home barefoot like yeah. all the way yeah, that's why when, when when i when i decorate i'm going to decorate the studio later in the year and i'm going to everything's on wheels so it comes out really easy and i'm going to put carpet in there so i can print barefoot that is <laughs> that that is the plan i know you can't tell pab's height here but he's actually a hobbit I, I, I no, tell. you say you say that. I met Jack from old Elton's been speaking to him for like three years, and for some reason he thought I was like really, really short. And I'm not <laughs> tall, but I'm not really, really short. And the first thing he said to me was like, "Oh, hi, mate." Like, he was like, "Why are you so tall?" That was the first, the first words that came out of his lips. Jack's, Jack's tall, isn't he? He is tall. He is a tall boy. Bless him. Hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let Jack tell you what I did to my name badge for Printman promotion. I'll see, it, see, it, see if we bring I've seen up. it. I've seen Have it. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> how how I got away with printed it? it. Her, oh, what was, was what, the lady printed it and she's trying to look at it and she's <laughs> she's folding. She's, oh, she's you got a very interesting name and she's not seen the bit underneath. That's and she's asked me questions and she's trying to look at it and I'm having to like clamp my thumb over it. And like, oh yeah, yeah, this is my name. <laughs> was it? Was it good? Was it worth going to? We were only there for two hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were I there think an hour and 45 to... of that was talking to Nick we at Screenfield Bars. It was nice, yeah. We, it really, it was just a, a, a jolly to, to meet everyone and have a catch up. It, it, was, really, it was really nice, though. Had a great yeah. time. Def, we'll, definitely we'll, worth um, going on. We'll try to come to the next one. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to try and organise something even like maybe before then, later on in the year, if people want to, just a pub somewhere we can, relatively central, and we can just go and all have a drink and a bit of a knees up. I just thought it would be fun to... We'll go to together. that pub and we'll buy... All buy, the all the, buy all the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Oh. Whose go is it? Is it my go? Yeah, it's you, Matt. Um, no, I just did the luxury one. 
No, I just did the pants or socks one. <laughs> oh, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boys. Uh, oh, no, we're arguing now. Um, uh, what's the one thing you think everyone should try at least once? Who cult donuts? You, yeah, boy, yeah. it's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, the best answer. If you could watch any movie again for the first time, what would it be? I, I think I did this last time, didn't I? This question. I think I said Wolf of Wall Street. You did. Actually, you did. the one thing I remember, you did actually do that. Probably, <laughs> probably stick with that one, yeah. Follow up. If yeah. you could, re- if you could record a podcast for the second time, which one would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Not this one. Four hours in, though. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Uh, hilarious. Right. Uh, final questions, then, mate. Um, if you weren't doing what you do now, what do you think you'd be doing? So I went to college and uni to to be a filmmaker. So I like to study filming and editing. Hence making that that skate DVD. I like loved filming when I was like between the ages of like 13 and 20. I was obsessed with filming. So I I would like to think I would be like some kind of camera guy or some filmmaker. You'd be like the the some sort Spielberg or something. You'd be making all sorts of crazy Someone films. Like that. That, yeah. that was always the like the dream. It's never too late. It's never like a, too late. Like a different path, don't I? Yeah. Um, can you think of any brands you'd like to hear on a pod? Um, you did suggest some, and I did write them down. Well, so what did I say last time? I can't remember. I can't remember. Hold on. I've probably written it down somewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, Tubby Toms. Tubby, Tubby Toms. Toms. Tubby Toms. And Tubby empty, Toms is an empty casket. That's my wife's business. Oh, no she won't come on. But... <laughs> <laughs> Not after she's seen your experiences with it. It's like, they're going to keep it there for five hours. <laughs> and, and last time, if you remember, I came in on my day off to, to film this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So she's, she's not happy with yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Tubby Toms, he does like... Um, Hot so we're actually doing a Hooklo collab, a hot sauce with him in the next week or oh, two. Cool. Nice. Um like a Carolina Reaper hot sauce. Awesome. But his brand is is awesome. He does like hot sauces and rubs and all that good Are you stuff. You putting them in the putting that in the donut. In the donut, yep. No. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tubby Top, he'd be uh he's got a solid brand and it seems to be like growing quickly. And like all his branding is on point. Nice. And his his product is bloody good as well. You should definitely do a donut. You can call it the ring sting. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that one to Krispy Kremes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where can people find you, mate? So on Instagram at Hooklo and at Hookult and Hooklo.com and Hookult.com. Excellent. Take it away, Pav. What is the meaning of life? Death. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. T-shirts, caffeine, donuts and death. (laughs) There we go. And hot sauce. And hot sauce. That needs to go on the T-shirt. Yeah. (laughs)
<laughs> death before hot sauce. <sighs> <laughs> awesome. Amazing. Well, Amazing. thank you so so much for coming on again, mate. We really appreciate you're welcome. it. Anytime. Yeah, you're a good. You're a good man. We're, maybe we'll have a catch up later in the year or at Printware if we do something up at Printware yeah, again. Give me a shout anytime. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll do. We'll do. Lovely stuff. And you, you, you have a great day and look after yep. yourself. My catch nice up one, soon. All the best. Take care, mate. Peace. Have a good mate. one. Bye, bye, bye. bye.